You're refraining from saying that God is blessing your podcast. Is that what I'm hearing? Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not yeah. sure. I'm not sure. That actually, are, it's funny enough. That's actually what we're talking about in our next podcast yeah. is the idea of blessing. Yeah. Does so. God bless uh, podcasts with dick jokes on? Yeah, I'm maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, maybe all, evidence, all evidence points yeah. to it. Just maybe look at the numbers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> God is a numbers man. Actually. Your podcast <laughs> and Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> To glorious pastors. No, <laughs> you can't co-opt our shit, man. You got your own thing. <laughs> yeah, you just wait. Michael already sent me all the jingles over, so we'll be in court. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> oh man, Michael, you traitor! I'm sorry. I'm a crater traitor. What can I say? Crater traitor. Wait, seriously, we do this, have this in case we need is it. Is this what we get a look at? Nice. <laughs> in case we need it. <laughs> a little hey, crater. Just... I think I'm currently kicking your ass in fantasy football. Oh, uh, is that you? You and the uh, yeah. I yeah. imaginal hubris. Yes. Yeah. I need a, I got a shot. I got an outside you do. shot tonight. I, you do. Especially with, and you never know what new Orleans is going to do with a receiver. Yeah. So that and your defense, maybe you'll get negative points. Well, it's very possible. I did was dumb enough to pick Minnesota. So I was like, Oh, they'll have a good defense. And I watched them play a preseason game and go up about 40 uh, against the 40, 49ers. And I was like, Oh, well <laughs> maybe not. Well, crap. Yeah, that's okay. My kicker was my second leading scorer. So <laughs> my defense was my first. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, good, good, good times. Yeah. I'm going to, I have no hope for that league. It's just so deep. It's a coin it, flip. It, yeah. And you can, there's, I went, there were like, I was watching games yesterday and there were like three or four sort of no name players that were having good days. I'm like, I'm going to go pick them up already owned nope. by people. I'm yeah. like, my yeah. God, every, there's no players left. You can't improve your team at all. Like none. <laughs> like there's no way to improve your team. No, you just ha- almost have to pray for somebody to break their face, which is unfortunate. <laughs> yes. And then, Dude. then you pick them up or use your waiver claims. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of goes against my morality, so I'm conflicted. <laughs> yeah, I found one receiver that anybody like in the like in, it shows you like the pro, the number of teams that own like that player, the percentage. And I, I like I put my waiver claim in. I'm like 19th. I'm like, well, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because he's literally the only one that did anything. Yeah. Oh, Scott. Scott figured out Skype. Looks like we're going to get crazy. I, so I had the uh, the Raiders, and I had played a guy. I had the Jacksonville. I was playing against Jacksonville. We both had monstrous points defenses went crazy this week yeah they did jacksonville had like 10 sacks like they didn't have 10 sacks all of last year like total i don't think crazy wait is that brad yes okay so i'm getting better so we (laughs) you guys we uh go ahead oh you guys aren't on video i was hoping for video so it's like guaranteed i wouldn't fuck that up yeah, well, uh, well, no, I gotta, <laughs> um, we got to stare at that means, we, that means we'd have to we'd have to sit close to Michael and we're yeah, not doing you could, that. You could just look at me if you'd like, but um, the other guys are around the table. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, you guys, Brad and Matt. So Brad, Matt, Michael, and Brad and Matt are brothers, and they sound pretty similar. Although I just nailed it, so you did. That's because I haven't just I haven't said much though. So that's well. Thank God for that. (laughs) Oh, really? Is that where we're gonna land on that? (laughs) Scott, are you here? No, he's not. (laughs) It looks like he's here. Yeah, he's here. Uh, Anyways, all right, you guys were so you guys were doing a live. One this I don't know how long it was maybe a month or two ago and I get on and I'm like oh this is great and I f- figured out that I'm um, replying to um, a recorded <laughs> feed <laughs> I'm like hey guys hey guys Jeff from Rose Bible Spear <laughs> I'm You're just not the I, first to have done that I sat there waiting like an expectant child for a Christmas <laughs> that's or something. awesome I'm like oh come on Santa and I get nothing nothing and that's then great. yeah please acknowledge please yeah. acknowledge me well we had a guy who um watched it and then he he realized that he was watching like he was like ready for the live one because we know we have a scheduled time for when we're gonna start and he watched the one from like two months before yeah, it was like two months and he's like commenting on that on that it's like while we were doing a live an actual live and show. then he realized halfway through he's like ah oh, shit totally <laughs> totally botched that i don't feel so bad now no yeah. you shouldn't <laughs> so he was like legitimately like waiting and then i also found out that um while i was getting dressed for this most recent one that I was thinking, man, I don't know if I've worn this before. I look back at all our videos and we've done probably five of them and I've worn the same two shirts and all five of them. <laughs> I do think it's adorable that you care what you've worn. To any well, I don't usually care, but I thought, man, I think I wore this last time. <laughs> adorable <laughs> then, is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I think Michael, I think adorable first. Adorable. Uh-huh. What can I say? <laughs> Definitely huggable. That's what Jeff and I and Scott always talk about. Yeah, we take some. Well, besides that, we take take some pictures afterward. And I uh, I did have to retire my Harvard T shirt because it's only so many times you can say, "Okay, who did not go to Harvard?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, All right, I won't wear it anymore. <laughs> did you go to Harvard? <laughs> I nope, Yale. You can tell. No, of course he didn't. Oh, oh my God, Scott. Scott. Now, I went to a cool. Cal State. He's, he's broadcasting from a tin can. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. This would be fantastic if Scott actually had given up on life and was out on the Pacific Crest Trail right now. We're like, all right, Scott from the trails, where are you? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he's out there. That is his goal. Just, just <laughs> Scott, are you on the 405? <laughs> I'm about to be on the 5. Okay, I don't know what that means. I just, I just <laughs> something I heard on the OC once. That's something we hear, we hear Californians <laughs> say. So yeah, good. yeah, get on the four or five. I heard it on the OC once. <laughs> don't call it. Uh, you were so close uh, to nailing it, though. You don't even know. That's pretty uh, good. I could be on the four or five. This begs the question: Who are we talking to? <laughs> Nobody from the West Coast. That's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're straight Midwest. Yep. Mm. Where are you guys? We're in Indiana. Nice. Do you know right. Indiana, Half. Jeff? I, I do, do you know where Indiana is? <laughs> it's, it's a state. Yeah, I grew up in I grew up in Omaha. <laughs> so Jeff's our public aren't school the, teacher, so you really never I was gonna know. say, aren't you an educator? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nebraska's close. Just keep going east. You'll run into it eventually. I would, yeah. I would start self-deprecating humor, but I'm just not going to go there this time. Yeah, leave that to <laughs> us. <laughs> so are you guys just 
do you still have the the pinch me moments that you have this podcast that's pretty much crushing it? What do you pinch have? Me moments. Pinch yes, me moments? we do. About every week, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. Mostly from mostly from just uh, messages we get from people and stuff. Um, talking about like it's actually helping them and changing their life. I'm like, what? Yeah, seriously. We had a, we had a girl contact us a while back and was like, I was going to kill myself yesterday. But then I listened then to, your I podcast. Listened to your podcast and I was like, the one with uh, the one with Chris Baker where he talked about he was suicidal at one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, like we get ha- that kind of message. It's like, wait, what? It's like three guys telling dick jokes. Like I really don't get it. So I mean, yeah, we have a lot of those moments, and it's not false humility. Like it's no, not I mean, like we uh, just don't get it. We just yeah. don't get it. Like yeah. we really don't. Wow. Well, it's dick jokes plus a little bit of Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, I think we have our new tagline. It's a Jesus sandwich with a lot of dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna earn our. We're gonna have a hard E on this one, I think. Okay, <laughs> I apologize in advance. Are we recording now? Oh, we've been recording the whole time. Oh, oh gosh. gosh, I guess I'll start recording. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. Holy crap! <laughs> well, thank God you edit some. <laughs> that's that's why you won't hear this thing for another three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take all three weeks to edit out. Just to bleep Fox. everything. It's a lot funnier if you bleep everything out, actually. <laughs> you know, that's what I learned from Arrested Development. It yes, can yes. really add a lot yep, to the comedic true. factor. Yep. Yeah, we've talked before about if that stuff wasn't it bleeped out, it wouldn't be as funny. Uh-huh. It's just so good. Yeah, and you bleep it out, and you always bleep it out sloppily, so you hear the, yes. the F sounds and the T. hear the F and the K. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I proved that with mountain <laughs> i think i heard road noise scott were you gonna say something <laughs> and now scott with the weather scott where are you on the 405 traffic's backed up on the five <laughs> sig alert i guess not i thought i heard something scott oh, well, passed away the five freeway today this is gonna be very interesting <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you guys are about to sound better now that Michael's recording. I always love those Sweet. moments. We did that with deconstructionists. They they started late recording, and it's like you go from Skype call to instant call or to like in person call, and it sounds like they're in the same room. It's amazing. Nice. I love it. Hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you can just edit that out. Can you can you introduce <laughs> we, yourself we, we, like we that? No, don't uh, encourage hi, it. Hi, Zach. This is Michael. <laughs> Hope you find your dad. <laughs> uh, so, do, can you see us, Michael? Uh, I can see you, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what I look like, and that's what Jeff looks like. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> What's up? You're, you're very, uh, you're much more uh, ruggedly handsome in person. <laughs> Jeff's got the good voice. Actually, both Scott and Jeff have podcast voice like crazy. You're so humble. Yeah. Well, I don't. <laughs> but anyways, guys, why don't we uh, start at the very beginning beginning, uh, and describe each of your conceptions? <laughs> oh, wait. Well, well, I think my dad got drunk one night and... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, as far as we know. <laughs> I guess it is. A, it's a hard maybe. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go first. This is Brad. Dang Just it. I, I was going to guess yeah. Mike or Matt. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're way off. Hi, Brad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm three and a half years younger than Matt, right? Yeah. Give yeah, around there. Give yeah. or take a couple months. Um, was a youth pastor for seven years, full-time youth pastor, but I did 
part-time pastor where I was probably a pastor for a total of about, I don't know, close to 15 years, mm-hmm. I would say, give or take. Are you counting the church plan? Are we counting that? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll count it. Okay. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll give it, yeah. we'll get, count it as halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I burned out of youth ministry. Um, and was really just done, done with ministry. Um, this is where, and I was kind of done with God uh, for a while. Um, I remember sitting on my couch and looking at my wife and saying, God hates me. Uh, and meaning that, um, this was after I burned out of the church, um, out of the youth ministry, and um, was really, we were about to lose our house. Uh, to foreclosure because I was assuming that God was going to take care of us and he didn't. Uh, So really got you some jobs at Macy's. Yeah. We both were working part-time jobs at Macy's was all we could find. Were you in the perfume section? No, Mandy was though for a while. You sold pillows. I did. I sold the house. You sold a pillow. Did to I me. sold a pillow? Oh, yeah. well, I was about the only pillow I sold. Yeah. What I was, does he do? A makeover? Um, Can you give somebody a makeover? <laughs> yeah. That's a great condition. Uh, no, I, was, I generally <laughs> yeah. was dealing with old women who wanted a certain kind of plate that we didn't have. That was generally my day. Um, so it, we just weren't making enough to really pay our bills. We were literally like each month going, okay, what can we pay and what can we put off? And it just got to the point where we just couldn't do it. So we were about to lose our house. And, uh, you know, I, I just. I, I had, I mean, to say I had a crisis of faith because, you know, I grew up um, conservative evangelical. I mean, I, I'd say yeah. just typical American yeah. evangelical yeah. Christian I, I, for whatever that means. Um, that may mean something different in Indiana than it does in California. I have no idea. But, uh, you know, the whole idea was that, you know, God will order your steps, will take care of you. You know, you're, there's always going to be a clear path. And all of that sort of fell apart. Um, and like I said, I remember sitting across from my wife and saying, God absolutely hates me. And I, I think I might actually kind of hate him too. Um, my wife is very gracious. She, you know, she didn't try to explain anything away. She just said, I mean, basically just hugged me while I cried. Um, do you think he really believed that at the time or was he just an excuse? (sighs) No, I don't know. I, I mean, I think at the time, that moment, yeah, I would say I absolutely believed it. Now, I could probably look back and go, well, maybe I didn't. Because um, I certainly don't hate God now. I just, um, I, I look back now at all that failure and I, I see it as I'm, I'm glad I went through it. Um, but when you're in the middle of it, you're never thinking that way. I mean, I, I, and so I, I think in that moment, um, I, I probably did. Uh, cause I mean, it wasn't just that night. I mean, I, I went through a pretty dark, a dark phase. Um, I think if you think that God ordains your steps, then you're, that's a rabbit hole. You can easily go down is that, okay. If God, God does great things for me, if I'm blessed because God did this, then it's easily said that, you know, God hates my guts because, um, something tragic happens like cancer or whatever. Right. You know, yeah. it's easy to, to, to come to that logical conclusion. Yeah. yeah you, I mean, it was kind of, I'll oh, go ahead. Um, usually, I was going to say, my wife and I were just talking about this. She came back from the women's retreat was this last weekend and just, she's in a spot where she's kind of the person going around and checking on the people she sees that are just wrecked emotionally. And mm, yeah. Hearing the stories, it's people that I think have that framework, Michael, that that's like eventually something so shitty happens that 
the cognitive dissonance is too much and you start to really question things. Cause I, I think for the most part, for me, at least growing up, you could always kind of explain things away. It was like, well, God works in mysterious ways when something bad happened yeah. to somebody else. Um, it was easier that way. And, and then if something yeah. good happens, it's easy to give God the glory and to thank God uh, until you just have something so terrible happen to yourself. And, and yeah. it all kind of, the chickens come home to roost. Oh, there's Scott. <laughs> I heard wheel <laughs> briefly. Uh, that was Scott in his convertible. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think along with what you're saying, uh, you know, I, I, everything, I mean, when everything <laughs> sort of crashes in, it's really interesting because I, when I quit, uh, my youth ministry, I was 100% certain that that was the steps that God was having me take. And that sounds really weird, but to be in youth ministry to, or to quit youth ministry, to quit youth ministry. Okay. Did you um, quit before you were fired? I didn't get fired. I quit. Yeah, I quit before that. Th- it was coming. It was going to happen. I would say I was probably eight months to a year away from that and coming to a head. I was starting to like. Just because you were really, having a meltdown or something? No, I was really questioning like the purpose of youth ministry, like um, really questioning. I mean, looking back, some of that was of my burnout was my own doing. It was. Um, trying to do too much. I mean, I was also the worship pastor. I mean, that was the church like, Hey, we're going to pay you and children. Yeah. And children. I mean, I had, I mean, it was like, yeah. And so a lot of it was just overextend being overextended and all that. But I was really starting to throw a monkey wrench into the churches, like the stuff they were wanting to do. I was like, I don't think there's a freaking point to any of this. Like, you know, when they're saying, well, we really need to buy a building because it was a upstart church. It was a, uh, I went through a church split which was also super fun. Brad's um, good at shit canning churches. Yeah, well, that had nothing to do with me. That one had nothing to do with me. I just happened to be yeah, there. Yeah, but wherever you go, something yeah, dies. It is true. Um, <laughs> it really is true. I'm like the I'm like the whatever the opposite of King Midas, and everything turns to shit uh, instead of gold. So uh, I'm just waiting to torpedo this podcast. Um, so, Zach, Zach, do you smell something? <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, uh, but you know, I was, I, I remember, uh, the, the church I was at, uh, I went into a leadership meeting one day and it was very obvious that like we were coming, I was very unhappy, um, with certain things in the church and just generally unhappy and tired and burned out in, in their, they were very gracious. And actually I went into a leadership meeting one morning and they said, we're putting you on a one month sabbatical. We're going to pay you. We just don't want you to just be at home. Um, don't come to church on Sundays. Don't like they, we want you to sort of pray and figure out if this is what you want to do and where you want to be. It's not us. It's you. Right. (laughs) But that's Um, good. And and honestly, it probably was, I mean, a lot of it was me. I mean, I can look back at that. I don't, you know, it is what it is, but, um, I, I remember going, I was sick. I mean, just sick to my stomach because, you know, I got a mortgage. I had two small kids at the time. Well, I still do. They haven't died. Um, I've actually got three, uh, but at the time, you know, I had two, I had two very small children, like, like three and one, like that young, um, in a mortgage and bills to pay. And I was thinking, uh, what am I going to do if this is it? And I was just really disquieted and really stressed. And just, I mean, I, I didn't eat for about a week, the first week. Um, and I remember one day sitting in my living room and all of a sudden I, you know, everybody talks about the, and this is kind of, I, I generally steer away from this kind of language, but 
I literally just felt like a weight was gone. And I looked at my wife and I said, I'm, I'm done. And, mm-hmm. and, and so, I mean, it was like the clearest sense of peace that I had ever had in my entire life about anything. I was like, I'm done. Isn't that amazing? It was, and it was weird, but the thing, but what's interesting is that I had, I was, I had such a sense of confidence that, um, everything was going to like, all these steps were going to line out that we were going to, I was going to find another career just like that, you know, cause that's, you know, as you do, right. um, as you do when you have a worthless Bible college degree, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to find a, another, uh, another career. Everything's going to work out. We'll God will hook you house. up. God will hook me up. And then he didn't. Um, I look back now, let me, let me preface this by saying, I look back now and I believe that God was taking care of us, but not in the way that I was raised to believe that God does that. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, but I can only see that in hindsight. Hence, when I'm sitting on my couch and saying, God hates me, because my entire theology was crashing in around me um, that I had built up was, oh, if God orders this, then everything's going to be easy, which is kind of how we were raised, yeah. whether it was said or not. That was kind of the idea that you were going to be fine. If you were going to, um, God wanted you to be sort of, I mean, not health and wealth necessarily, but definitely he's going to take a, care it was of a, you. It's a step below health and wealth. Right. I mean, that's essentially what it is. And so, you know, yeah. when, when I said, when I was saying God hates me, I was actually saying, I, I mean, that's basically me speaking out of, I don't know what to think about any of this mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I was tired. I was angry. I was, you know, whatever. You know, you're, you've got two small kids. You don't know how you're going to feed them. You, you don't know where you're going to live. You, don't, you know what I mean? So, like, there's all these things. Um, and then long story short, I'll let the other two talk here, but long story short, I felt after a while, um, like I was called to move to called man, that word, that's a gross (laughs) word. I don't know. I I don't know what other way to describe it. Um, Isn't that funny? It is. There's still those, those words that drive, drive you nuts when it's used by, I'll just say in air quotes, the wrong person. And then you just find yourself having to use it sometimes. Uh Yeah. And there's just not, I don't know any other word to use, but lead that's even, that's maybe even worse. Um, (laughs) you were, you were anointed to do it. (laughs) That's that's definitely worse. You felt like you should walk down the path. I did. Yeah. Uh, it was my journey. Uh, so Ecclesia. Yeah. How many sets of footprints were in the sand, Brad? <laughs> well, there was one cause he was dragging my ass. <laughs> it was a giant, it was, drag it was mark a giant track mark. Yeah. No um, footprints, just a drag yeah, mark. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what, what does Pete Holmes say? No, he's no footprints in the sand. He'll just rub your face in and go and you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's kind of what it yeah. felt like. Um, I like that. And looking back, I think that's kind of what was happening. What happened? Yeah. Uh, So anyway, uh, found an organization in the Chicago area uh, that plants churches in the Chicago area, and I thought, man, that I was kind of starting to feel re-energized after a couple months, a few months, I would say. Uh, And so we made plans to start doing that. And so for we moved up to northern Indiana first. uh, To we lived in my. my wife's hometown, a really small town. I worked at a factory for a year and a half while we sort of made plans, figured out where we were going to be in the Chicago area uh, to start a church. Um, moved up to the Chicago area in the suburbs, and that lasted for a year, and I failed at that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and once again, all part of my theology starting to, is still cracking and going, man, but I, I mean, because that's another thing where I had a very clear sense that this is what we were supposed to do. Um, and so then I hooked up with these two idiots 
uh, to start a church down here, and that didn't work either. And so here we are with a podcast that <laughs> for some reason is working. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of my, I mean, that's, that's a yeah. pretty abbreviated yeah. version of my story, but I think it gets the greatest hits. Yeah. You're refraining from saying that God is blessing your podcast. Is that what I'm hearing? Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure. That actually, are, it's funny enough. That's actually what we're talking about in our next podcast yeah. is the idea of blessing. Yeah. Does so. God bless uh, podcasts with dick jokes on yeah, them? I'm thinking maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Or no, maybe all, evidence, all evidence points yeah. to it. Just maybe look at the numbers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> God is a numbers man. After. Your podcast <laughs> and Muslims. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh man all right i'll let one of the other guys do theirs um this is matt not brad um so <laughs> most uh i can turn the bass down on your on your voice so they can tell the difference if you want no because i have a sultry voice so you don't want to do that oh, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, it's a good thing we're that? sitting down guys jeez it really <laughs> it is, is. yeah <laughs> Yeah, your pants are uncomfortably tight now. Um, it's like, like being in seventh grade all over it again. Is. When they show the video and when they show the video and I was looking for my change. Um, so, yeah, what was I? You were going to tell your story. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you got off on a tangent. I had, I had flashback to teenage living in seventh, sixth grade. Um, wait, wait, before you start, Scott Holbert, jump back on. Let's check in with Scott. Scott, how are the four of <laughs> Scott? Hey, Scott. guys. All right. Okay, cool. uh, the, the last one I, uh, I caught, hey, my church gave me a one-month notice, and then it cut out and cut back in at, and here we are on the podcast. <laughs> All right, you well, only missed about 10, 15 minutes. I'm going to just go dark again. <laughs> so that Good was luck. See you on the other side. That was Brad's testimony, Scott. And <laughs> now Matt's about to talk. So you have to listen to your own podcast to find out what happened to Brad. Love it. Okay. So um, my story is similar to Brad's, obviously, with the, how we grew up because we you know, grew up in the same family. Um, very conservative. My youth minister was a huge imp- Our youth minister was a huge impact mm-hmm. on me. Um, my story is a little different from Brad in the sense that he never really felt like a calling to youth ministry. Again, that word, but he never really felt like a calling to youth ministry. I like, still don't like middle school kids. Yeah. So. <laughs> they are just the worst. They really are. Yeah. I went to my son's middle school tennis meet tonight. He was the only one I didn't want to actively murder. So. <laughs> and that was just tonight. Normally, right. you want Normally, to murder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, right before my senior year in high school, we did the Christ and Youth Conference, big you know high school thing. All of, they had a bunch of them all over the country. And I felt like at that point I was going to be a history teacher. I really enjoyed history. I was good at it. Um, It was something I I thought I could teach. Uh, So that was kind of where I was headed at that point going into my senior in high school. And one night at CIY, I felt just a distinct, like sort of a, I won't say calling, I won't say (laughs) mystical experience, but like really felt like I heard the voice of God, like compelling me to, to go forward and dedicate my life to ministry. Did it sound like Morgan Freeman? <laughs> no, it was Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Uh, hey. Closing oh, skinny, nice. skinny Val Kilmer. Not, yeah. not, not fat Val Kilmer. Not hot steroid, Val Kilmer. Steroid, uh, steroid fat Val Kilmer. The same um, Val Kilmer. Yeah. Um, and so I dedicated my life to youth ministry. I was like, I, it, for basically what it amounted to is I felt like I was calling me to it, but my youth minister was having a really good time as our youth minister. And I, I thought, you know what, that sounds like a lot of fun and I could probably do that. That's essentially what it amounted to. Um, I still maintain that it, it was God moving me in that direction, but um, it essentially was just like, it looked like fun. And I thought I could do it. So I uh, went to Bible college, did that whole thing. Um, 
spent five years at a church in uh, eastern Indiana, um, little town, about 2,000 people. I was there for like five years, and it, it was a really great little church, church of about 150 people. Um, you know, we regularly would take like 40 junior high kids to like conferences, or we'd take like 20 high school kids to conferences in a little bitty town like that. And so That's we were awesome. really doing some really cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was, and again, it wasn't just a numbers thing. We just had some really good kids who were really excited about the things I was teaching. Um, it was at that, it was kind of about halfway through that or towards the end of that, that I started deconstructing. I ran into uh, just how old were you at that time? Uh, fresh out of college. I was okay. a year behind my wife. So I was 20 to have been 2000. So I was 24, 23, 23, 23. Yeah. I'd have been 23. Yeah. You were a, you were a hip mentor to junior high kids. To kids, or some kids that were like four years younger than me. Like, <laughs> we look back on youth ministry, it's like awesome. we had nothing to say. Yeah, like, like, what, <laughs> the fact that they let any 22 or 23 year old lead anybody yeah. is ridiculous. Here, lead these adults into volunteer and how to volunteer. Yeah. It's like, you don't know. You don't know. Gosh. I know. I would, I, I would maybe have something to say to kids now. now. But I don't want to. I know. Like, that's, yeah. Now they wouldn't want to listen to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. That's the problem is taking back, taking back this just boatload of wisdom you've got. Take it back yeah. to when you were 22. I'm yeah, well, I'm nobody, constantly nobody. nostalgic about that shit. Like I, yep, yeah. I, that, that's one of my weaknesses is like kind of living 10 years behind. Well, if I could just go back to where I was then, but with this mind <laughs> yep. frame, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So I so I spent five years in. It was around the time that we went to that Wisconsin retreat. We've talked about ad nauseum on our podcast with Rob Bell, and that I brought started bringing that stuff back and teaching the kids, and they were stoked. Man, they were excited about it. It was totally blown on their minds and stuff that I was learning at the time and teaching them like a week later, essentially is what it amounted to. Um, And, and then it just got to a point where I felt like I had gone as far as I was gonna be able to go in this little tiny church. Like I just, I felt like I was starting to run into some opposition on some things I was um, attempting and um, the Rob Bell stuff. Not, not even necessarily the teaching, just it was right around the time that all that ancient, ancient future bullshit started, like the postmodernism and the, the <laughs> emergent church stuff. And so just like light incense, they'll, they'll yeah. dig it. So, you know, I'm lighting incense and I'm, I've got like monk, monks playing in the background and like we're lighting candles and we have prayer walls and like we were doing labyrinths and stuff. And like, and it just got to the without point David Bowie, it's useless. <laughs> not that kind of labyrinth. Okay. Um, um, you rest in peace. Yes, indeed. indeed. Uh, David Bowie's dead to me. Wow. God. You're, that's Michael again. You're yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, he, no, he doesn't have to, and that's the problem. <laughs> I do have to. It's true. So, it's um, like a tick. He just yeah. can't help it. So it's like the, his version of uh, Tourette's. <laughs> he just says horribly <laughs> offensive things about dead people. <laughs> really just horribly offensive things in general. Yeah. Um, so... Long story short, I, the youth pastor that was there before me was still there when I was hired and, because it was his wife's home church. And so they were still there. He became sort of the part-time worship pastor there. Then he moved to a, town, to a, church, to a church here in Martinsville, where I am now, and became their full-time worship pastor. And, and at the time, they were looking for a new youth minister. Around the time, I was starting to get antsy and just like realizing it, I was just reaching a, a point where my deconstruction was just going to, we were just going to start butting heads. Um, and so I applied for that job and got it. <clears throat> and this is like 2005, I think. Um, so five years into that ministry, I left and came here and, uh, that didn't go well. Um, <laughs> that's, that's an understatement. That's it, where he met me. It totally wrecked his life. <laughs> yeah. Michael's on the search committee and I blame him for everything. Yeah. What I happened? Um, so the kids were great. Like we were, we were, 
ironically enough, we were doing some really good stuff and really reaching like kids who were marginalized, like band kids and like, like geeks and like skaters and like, you know, just kids who are, who in Martinsville are, if you're not an athlete, you're really not anything. And so, so when you say that, so when you say the kids were great, you mean you just, there was a health, there was a good health. Yeah. Yes. There was a great, they were really spiritually healthy kids. Like they were asking questions. I was teaching them, ask questions and teaching them things and that were sort of like on the cusp of like, I was just basically taking everything I was learning from Rob Bell yeah. and Robert Capon's books and like, and just throwing it at them and seeing what stuck. Hmm. And, 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 and they were really open to it. Like, yeah, I was, I was there and it was very, it wasn't uh, your typical youth ministry in terms of Velcro walls and concerts. And, right. you know, it, it was different. Uh, there was a depth to it. That, that was actually one of the things I butted up against my leadership with is they wanted more of that. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. Well, that's what they wanted. Crap. That's they what they want, wanted for they me. The yeah. kids don't want that. No. Kids in 1995 wanted that. And yeah. I think yeah. that ultimately, um, that ultimately is what did Matt in. It, it, it wasn't that the youth ministry wasn't going well. It was going really well. Um, but by, they weren't reaching our, the right kids and it was, it was much deeper than it was large. If that makes sense. Yeah, mm. it was deeper. It was deeper than it was wider. We weren't, we weren't reaching the, the rich kids with rich parents. Um, <laughs> and we weren't, I wasn't really in, interested in like chasing after them. I'm like, look, first of all, I can't compete with whatever they got going on and I'm not going to try. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have the budget to do that. And I don't have a soul that can do that anyway. Like I'm not doing Velcro walls. I'm not doing bounce houses. I'm not doing shit like that. So just that's not happening. And I told them that when I was hired, I, I was very explicit about who I am and what I want to do with youth ministry. Uh, oh yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just don't do it. Just don't do that. Do exactly the opposite <laughs> of what you just told us. Well, you that guys, all sounds great. You until guys, we'll the, do the bounce elder kids houses. Don't. We'll do bounce houses in heaven. So <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work here. <laughs> so long story short, I got fired. Um, it, it got to the point where the minister was just dictating, trying to dictate everything I did. Um, and it just got to the point where I actually made them fire me. Like I was like, I'm not. I got about January, I got fired in like April, about January. I was like, I'm pretty much done here. Like, and this is only like 19 months in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I'm, I, this is not going to, I just, I'm going to start looking for something else. And I had a conversation with a couple of people and I was like, you know what? Bleep this out. Fuck them. Like I, they can fire me. We'll edit like, that out. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> That's a joke, um, by the way, is nothing ever gets edited out, really. <laughs> well, now that you said that. Now that yeah. you said that. Now we do I'm have to edit that out. 11. Okay, Believe I'll edit that part be, out. Believe it out, it'll be a lot funnier. <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm just going to make them get rid of me. And so I just continued doing what I was doing. And got, we had a big elders meeting with the minister. And like you, they asked me, like the minister's sitting right there, do you think you can work with Rick, the minister? And I'm like, Jeez. really? Like, he's sitting right here. Like. And he, he, even he was uh, like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and leave now. It's so I'll be manipulative. Back in a while. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, they just, they had no idea what they were doing. Um, so again, they, and so I got a call like two days later, one of the elders like, Hey, uh, me and this other elder are going to come over tonight. Is that okay? I'm like, sure. Great. <laughs> so they came over and they said, um, honey, I'm meeting with have... the Pharisees tonight. All right. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Beth was actually there too. She was in on the meeting and, uh, I just sat with my head down the whole time. I didn't even look them in the eyes. And they basically said, we have two great puzzle pieces that don't fit together, meaning me and the senior pastor. And I was like, oh, so you're going to get rid of me then. That's great. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And this is a church that about every two years goes through a youth minister. I was like the third or fourth in in the span of less than a decade. Tell them who the youth minister was that that was after you. Uh, One of the pastor's sons. 
Mm. <laughs> oh. Who conveniently enough was just graduating Bible college. Yeah. In, yeah. And job. also, I shouldn't mention that the elders said that uh, in the bylaws, it was impossible for somebody on leadership to uh, yeah. actually be on on the, on the uh, be a minister. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So anyway, so I, got, so I got fired and um, it was it was a weight in one sense that was gone because it was just it was just a nightmare for about the last six to eight months. You could just smell it coming. I mean, you, you could just you could tell it was coming and it was just it was just constant stress and constant just garbage meetings and constant tears and just it was awful. So, Matt, um, you. Yeah, um, man. You smelled it coming, but you still made you made them fire you was that intentional yes, yes. which uh they so i didn't get fired i was asked to resign I, I, right, I think right it's important yeah i think it's important to point out that like the good things were happening during this time yes yeah. with the group of kids like great things were happening so that what he was doing was was working it was valid um but it was that's i mean why not stick it out you know if you've got something good going on on one level why right. It wasn't even that. I cared about the kids. Yeah. Like, I really deeply cared about these kids, junior high and senior high, despite what Brad says. I did, like, my junior high Well, kids. I, yeah. I, you know, I did I did my best with the middle school yeah. kids. I just didn't really enjoy spending time <laughs> with them. And I, <laughs> I still put in a 80, 90 percent with them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, really, I, really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the kids. I hated all the church politics crap yeah. and all the that, meetings. See, I, and, could, I could have hmm. done youth ministry for quite a while yeah. if, it, if I could just have been with yeah, the students. Yeah, just been with the students. Um, and it just got to the – I was just like, I'm not going to do this to these kids. Like, I'm not going to leave unless they just force me to leave. And so they did. Um, they asked me to resign, and I politely sent them an email that said, per your request, I'm resigning effective whatever the date was. Oh, I was like, I'm not okay. Gonna, I'm not even going to give you. See, the, what churches do is they tell you to ask you to resign. Basically, if you resign, they'll give you a severance. And if they fire you, they won't. Yeah. Um, and a lot and of times. So they, basically, they basically force you and manipulate you to resign so yeah. you can actually get paid for a couple months while you try to find something yeah. else. So I, so then I, so then I sold cars for three months and by sell cars, I mean, I went to the dealership and sat there and never sold anything. You were really bad. I was really bad at that. Mm. I might've sold nine or 10 cars in three months. Like it was not great. And that was so, before phones had good mobile games, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, it was a, lot of sit, a lot of sitting around the dealership. Yeah. Real bummer. Why don't you learn the specs for this Jeep Liberty? I don't want to. <laughs> how about no? How about, how about no? How about no, you dumb? Um, and so that, didn't, that obviously didn't last. So I started looking for something else. I was a part-time janitor at my wife's school she was working at while I was looking for something else. Because it got to the point where like I went two weeks and didn't sell a car. And so I got paid minimum wage for... 40 hours, even though I was there, like, multi, like double that. Oh my God. And so I was like, well, I, so I just told Beth, I'm done. And she's like, well, there's a, a one of the janitors is going to have surgery and be out for a while. Do you want to just fill in? I'm like, that's fine. I'd go in at 11 o'clock. I'd work the lunch with the help clean up lunches there or the lunch, uh, the gymnasium after lunch. And then once school was out, I would, you know, clean the classrooms and stuff like that till about seven o'clock. So it was okay. So I did that for like a month or so. Finally found a job at a factory and ended up being there eight and a half years. Um, and that time was interesting for me because while I was glad not to be in ministry at the time, I didn't think it was the end of ministry. And so there was still kind of this hope that, yeah, I'll be here a year or two. And so like, like I got to my three year anniversary and I was like, well, didn't expect to make that one. And then I got to my five year anniversary. Huh? Well, I'm still here, huh? And my seven year anniversary, and like all this time you're getting raises and like different more vacation days. I'm like, I never thought I'd see these things. And like, I'm still there and still there and still there and spent most of my 30s in that factory. And 
during it got to a point about a year in where I started to get really, really bitter because it didn't look like it was anything else was ever going to happen but this. And I was like, I'm going to die in this factory. Um, either been crushed by a machine, um, <laughs> chopped in half by a saw or something. And um, <laughs> that was a really hard time where Brad struggled with hating God. I was just, I struggled with the bitterness and I guess hatred goes in there too. But I was, I was insanely bitter towards God and towards the church that fired me. Um, for what my life had become at that point when you take somebody's passion and absolutely just crush it. Like I, I just, I wanted nothing to do with the church at that point. It's almost um, like God, the, or is it, the, is it your idea of God uh, that you're mad I, at? I, I, I would say it was my idea of God at the time. And I, I'll be honest with you. I think I still wrestle. I Brad and Michael will contend. I still wrestle with that. Like I'm still, <laughs> that's why I don't like my job. I'm in right now. Some is because I really, really want to still be in ministry and that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and not with all the dick jokes on the internet. No, <laughs> or my Twitter feed. Um, so you're just living so, a regretful life. Yeah, I mean, I really do. I have a lot of, yeah, I mean, that's that's actually fairly accurate. Like, I really have a lot of regrets about not getting a real degree and um, yeah. you know, something that's marketable. Like, that's the problem is there's, just, there's nothing out there that I can support my family on. Mm. With a useless four-year I mean, degree like of a, fake college, a, a, most employers are like, "Oh, you went to a Christian college," and it immediately goes in the trash. Yeah, right. Oh, your major right. was in Bible because that's a thing. Yeah, like that's really going to be that's really <laughs> going to help the business. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's kind of where I mean. And so then you know we obviously had the church plant, and I thought, "Oh, great, this will work," and I'll be able to get out of the factory at some point. Well, that died in about three years, and I was at the whole time I was still working at the factory. I'm trying to plant this church and. Um, and it just didn't work out. And so I wouldn't say it died so much as we killed it. We killed it, but, but it was, it was, it was, it was stagnant. It was stagnant and it was just, it was just losing life at that point. It just, it was just barely on life support. So, um, that's kind of where I am at this point. And then we have this podcast and that's Mm -hmm. been good. So Michael. Yeah. Well, real quick before we get to Michael, let's check back in with Scott. Scott, how's the five? (laughs) (laughs) It's still hey set. guys, on the five here. Uh, making good time. Traffic's not too bad. Uh, What's the weather like out there? It's it's sunny, sunny, partly cloudy. Uh, no chance of rain at this point. So, uh, Scott, have you accepted Christ yet? I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> It sounds like you're blind and deaf, but are you, are you able to ride in the carpool lane with Jesus at your side yet? Um, well, he's in inside of me, so I don't know how I prove that to the cops. Um, you need to get a Jesus mannequin. Right in the, well, right I wouldn't know how to prove it if he was on uh, beside me as well, so I guess either way. <laughs> No, no, the Holy Spirit's in the car too, sir. Can't you tell? Oh man, I have Chris Tomlin playing. Doesn't that count? Oh, so good. The spirit's really moving. Mm-hmm. The God of Angel Armies is by my side, guys. <laughs> Scott, did you have any questions for Matt at this point? You can break in anytime. I know it's weird with Skype, but um, oh, so oh, so Matt, um, yeah. So you do you feel like you still have a call quote unquote to go to to be in some sort of ministries because you, you did the church plan after all that so there's still something there is that what um i think that ship has probably sailed at this point i um there's no church that would have me at this point which is probably the biggest issue and i i don't know that i could really 
knowing mm-hmm. what I know now and kind of being where I am at this point, I don't know that I could go back into a church setting at this point. Um, Wait, hold on sure a second. Try, though. Hold on. You, you sound <laughs> like you're casting judgment on yourself. There's no church that would take me on at this point. No, well, it's totally true. It's totally true. Mostly because okay. of just where, where I am theologically and where I am with, um, with just everything. And, how how I kind of hold everything pretty loosely, and mo- that's not that doesn't isn't really conducive to church growth and to like doesn't sell um, books. No. It doesn't sell books. It doesn't put butts in the seats necessarily, um, and that's really kind of what churches want, I think. And so I, hmm. um, if if the if there was a perfect situation that came along, I might consider, but I, I don't I don't think that exists for one because one the churches that would have me don't hire. <laughs> Because they're all probably about fifty people. What if big. they do hire? Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of times the churches that would have nothing us. wrong, nothing wrong with the church that doesn't have fifty people in it. You know, right, right. I'm just saying, Scott's, you know, Scott's church is pushing. Scott's church is pushing fifteen, seventeen, maybe now. Hey, we, we, uh, we constantly have above twenty. Hey, caller Scott, um, you can hang up. We'll uh, we'll answer your questions off the air. <laughs> Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> this is actually working out pretty well. I'm pretty excited oh. about Scott just coming in periodically. It almost sounds like we planned it. It does. <laughs> yeah. He's actually sitting outside in your yard. Yeah. He's just in the driveway yeah. in his car. Go sit in your car, Scott. With All my friends know you get shitty them. service by my house, so that would work. <laughs> okay, so yeah. where were we? We were getting to Michael. Oh, we yes. haven't done. I don't have the jingle. I was lying about that earlier. But um, what are you guys drinking? Oh, um, well, uh, from you gonna do it? Well, sure, why not? <laughs> Hold on, he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Hey, hey, what are you drinking? Hey, hey, I've been thinking that if we're gonna get through this, we're gonna need some fluid. So hey. Boom. Yep, that was uh, by Brian Odeen. Yes. All right, guys. Welcome listeners. to Sunday service. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're drinking. See, that's a church I would work at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Hey, guys, I've got this jingle for your service. You want to use this? I think there's a market um, for that. I think there, yeah. Yeah, it's called a podcast. Um, <laughs> so this is from Saugatuck. Um, I assume that's how you pronounce that. Uh, brewing company in Michigan. Uh, it's a blueberry maple stout. Um, it literally tastes like a blueberry pancake. It is in a yeah, bottle. It's breakfast beer. I could dip a pancake in there and be happy for breakfast. Yeah, that's red. It, wow, it's really free. I was really kind of, I was skeptical, skeptical of stuff like this. But it's kind of a specialty beer like that. But it's pretty. It's really balanced. And it's freaking delicious. Yeah, it was pretty good. Mm. I downed it quickly. Yeah. Gosh, my eight year old girl would love that. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you guys drinking? Scott, what are you drinking on the five? <laughs> hey guys, done with Coke Zero. Little Did caffeine you? to get me through it, you know. Did you say Coke Zero? Stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> Cherry Coke Zero, R G T F O. Or you know, you could just drink the sugar. Yeah, mm. <laughs> like a normal uh, person. <laughs> I just. Um, I just finished Arrogant Bastard. And I'm on a Deschutes Pine Drops IPA. Yeah. I just opened one of those two. Just, we like Deschutes around here. <laughs> nice. Oregon. I don't, 
I don't know that we can get Deschutes here. I don't in, think we can. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I've never heard of it. I did just down a six pack of Arrogant Bastard, though. Wow. Long ago. So yeah. Not at once. No, not at once. <laughs> not at once sitting, mind you. Wow, you are <laughs> remarkably agile with your wording. <laughs> yes, indeed. Despite, despite our podcast cred, we're not alcoholics. No. Well, Matt's close. <laughs> Matt's borderline. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Matt's Matt's my podcast spirit animal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You guys hey. hashtag stuff because I think that's a killer hashtag. <laughs> you know, I we haven't really pressed that because you guys do that so well, but we get the occasional <laughs> feedback of crossover listeners that will do that. So we'll read that stuff on on the podcast. Nice. And you Nathan, son of a bitch. Brad, so Brad gave me a beer. He's oh. like, here, take this beer since we brought stuff. And now you just open it. He's going to drink it himself. You son Did of a Did you bring your own koozie, too? Yeah, man. God. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you suck. I was going to drink that in like three seconds. Well, you snooze, you lose. Oh, man. I am now enjoying a uh, flesh and blood IPA from Dogfish Head. Oh, yeah. Ooh. It's a blood orange and lemon IPA. Mm. It's delicious. Mm. Delaware. I like those guys. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of to shoots, though, get it, get Nathan Miller West. You guys got some other Oregon yeah. turds, right? He's got to send some yeah. of that out there. That's yeah. true. He's coming to well, he might be coming to our to our 100th episode. So hopefully, yeah, he might be smuggling in from Oregon for some reason. It's a good life choice. <laughs> yeah, it's good good use of your money. <laughs> That's it. If it wasn't the money, I'd be there, guys. Nice oh, man. man. Well, we'll see. Take up Maybe. a collection. Take up a collection. Sure, you, you, you can get me. to Nashville, but you can't get to Indiana. I, see I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Nashville. But you didn't drive out. I came all the way out there, and you didn't drive out the five hours well, or whatever. I, I started saying, <laughs> still like a five or six hour drive. Yeah, started, it's, a, it's a pretty hefty drive still. but Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. Yeah, One day, it's no. going to happen. It is going to happen. There's going to awesome. be hugs and figurative boners and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or literal ones. Or literal. Literal. We'll see where it goes. We get pretty excited about meeting people, so I have an open mind, so we'll see. <laughs> All right, oh, Michael. Uh, we'll just we'll do the Christian side hug. That'll that way it works uh, out for everybody. Go. Nice. Yeah. You don't want to play gay chicken? <laughs> no. Tell your story, Michael. <laughs> okay, so that's his story. <laughs> I have no story. That it. That's it. That was no, it. I uh, I grew up in the church. Grew up in the same town. Um, all of my life went to the same church until I was. Oh, I don't even know. In my twenties, um, uh, at I believe sixteen, I felt the call to go to vocational ministry. Um, in high school, my um, basically around my senior year, my parents, uh, my mom had cancer. Um, uh, kind of un- obviously unexpected. I don't think anybody expects to get cancer. Um, well, unless you're smoking a lot. Um, but my mom got cancer a couple different kinds. And then my dad, uh, got pancreatitis and had a, had a, had a surgery that was, um, botched pretty, pretty terribly. Um, he was in a drug induced coma for, um, a few days. Um, but it was, it was pretty bad. And he is on all kinds of, of wonderful drugs. Um, but, uh, when it was time for me to kind of, uh, go to Bible college, which, I had actually had a um a scholarship to go to um a Bible college. Um when it came time, I didn't feel it was right uh to leave my parents uh by themselves. Uh so I decided to um kind of stay home a year. Uh that led, led into a couple years 
Um, and then it led into doing uh, ministry with with Matt. Um, and at the end of that, I was like, "Fuck it, I don't want to go into ministry at all." Um, but uh, I had I besides taking care of my my parents um, and helping my mom take care of my dad, um, I volunteered a lot at the church and was uh, doing uh, leading worship for the youth program, um, as well as some Sunday mornings, mainly just playing guitar very terribly. Uh, in the background. Um, but, uh, was doing that. And then I really connected, um, and like Matt said, the, the church that I was at, um, had basically chewed up and spit out youth ministers left and right, uh, growing up. And the last like five of them that were there, I really connected with, I really saw what they were doing and I saw one after the other basically get run out. Um, and it was frustrating for me because they were doing good things. There wasn't really a bad youth minister in the bunch. Um, and uh, with Matt, I felt a different like kind of connection. Like I, we, we were both deconstructing and asking questions um, a, a, along the way. And um, whenever it came time to, for him to leave, I was like, I'm out too. Um, I can't, I can't be a part of that. Um, since, since I think during that, I started working at a, at a coffee shop, um, moved my way up to, uh, becoming a store manager, running a multi-million dollar store, um, and was really good at it. Um, you didn't refer then, to yourself as a barista. Is that intentional? Um, <laughs> I was a barista for a short time, but okay. I, I was also a shift supervisor, assistant manager, store manager. Um, training store manager, like the whole canvas. I was a barista for, for a while though. Um, I am a coffee master. So if we're going to go there, we're going to say coffee master. Well, um, if you, if we remember at the end, let's, let's get some coffee tips, <laughs> some sweet coffee tips, rose okay. bubbles and beer. Yes. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll check out on that. Yeah. You can enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we started a church, um, uh, kind of, well, I, I think, so we both left the church. We were both kind of like, uh, hurt by that. There's some things that happened after we left. We were demonized. Yeah. We were straight up demonized. Like they printed off, uh, posts from our individual blogs, us and one other person. Uh, and we're actually handing them out to, to parents of students who saying, were angry that we got fired, that I got fired. Yeah. Saying that you don't want your kids to be around these guys. Did you see what they wrote even- on their personal blog? <laughs> oh no no no! They were they were printing out yeah. copies of our blogs, yeah, uh, of our personal blogs, yeah. and saying that people. Should, I don't even remember what it was. It was it something matter. very very innate, uh, and and um, I criticized Pat Robertson. I got in trouble for that. So. Yeah. Don't, don't want to do that. He's done a lot of good things for the kingdom, guys. Did you know that? <laughs> Never criticize the crazy Christian uncles. Yeah, I call those guys. They're the. I think I got it from Phil Vischer. Actually, he referred to Pat Robinson and Franklin Graham. I think as as our crazy uncles. Uh, just kinda, the, that's a lot nicer than what I would yeah. call. Yeah. We call them the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> Add Joel Osteen and J, uh, you know whoever yeah. else you want to put in there. It's yeah. a lot more than four yeah. horsemen. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot, lot of a lot of horsemen riding right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, um, we, uh, Matt and I, uh, were definitely hurt by that quite a bit. Um, and for a couple of years, we didn't really do much outside of just live normal 
lives, having jobs and going to work and having, you know, taking care of our kids and hanging out with our wives. Um, and then I kept talking to, to Matt about starting a church. Um, so we were talking about getting funding from the same denomination that Brad, uh, was with. Um, and then Brad ended up deciding to come down and helping us kickstart it. We did that, um, did some really awesome things. We had a fairly liberal church inside of a, a, Trump a land. Trump inside land. of an extreme, con- extremely conservative county and city. Um, mm-hmm. but we had uh, great connections and we, we opened a lot of doors. Um, we had a lot of really awesome experiences. Um, and it, I don't think any of us would say that we would take any of that back. Nope. Nope. Uh, we learned a lot. We learned a lot about what we believe. Um, we made, made some mistakes, but I mean, by and large, it was a great experience. Um, but it was stagnant for sure. Yeah. And we decided instead of, you know, it killing us, we had to kill it. Yeah. How did you know it was stagnant? More of the um, characters. You just feel it. We, we, I mean, you just feel it. I mean, yeah. it's, there's, there's people laying around during the sermons or what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if there right. were people there. Then yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, it's, it, uh, okay. It, How did it, it start? It, it, did, it, did it start? Like, did you have like a burst of attendance at first? Yeah. It, well, we started out as a house church. So we met in Matt's, uh, in Matt's house for a year, uh, a year. Yeah. Doing worship in there. And it got to a point where we had, it was, it was, we had enough, we had enough people here to start a church. Yeah, um, of. well to, to get like to, to move it outside of your living room. Yeah. And we were, we were too large for your living room. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we we decided we had to do a thing because in the county, like you're not anything until it's a thing. Yeah. You know, you can't have an you're not a church until it's an event. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, three guys who uh, wanted to break the mold of the, the modern church and ended up doing the exact same fucking thing as yeah. the, the modern church yeah. where we had services and, you know, led worship and had a, you know, the whole, the whole shebang, mm-hmm. you know, um, two songs up front, sometimes three, yeah. four, if you want to go yeah. crazy, yeah. sell out yeah. special music. Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And, but, but that's no, the thing. No, we did not have special music. <laughs> no, no, no we, that's one thing we, at the beginning, we we're like, that is never going to happen here. Um, but, but that's the thing. People wanted that. That's what people expected when right. they came to a church service. Um, in hindsight, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what the right way to do it is. Um, yeah, I was going to ask what you, you set out to break the mold. What was the intention? Like what mold? Just not to be like them, quote unquote. You know, yeah. Um, whoever they are, you know, and we didn't and, want. It, we wanted to keep it loose as far as what we. Um, you know, we didn't want to just do the same thing all the time every week. And then it's really easy to sort of get stuck doing the same thing, especially when you've got three guys that are full-time working other jobs, parents and everything yeah. else. And parents. And it just, it just, and you came out of really, that, you came out of that yeah, environment. It, yes. Yeah. It's what we knew. Plus we, like I said, it's just really easy to go, well, let's just do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, Cause it's, uh, we just didn't have the time or creative energy because we were so exhausted from working and everything else. And really the audience we were targeting was, um, um, those who were hurt by the church or those who were unchurched. Um, and it turns out those people don't really want to be a part of the church in terms of, yeah. you know, the, the regular day to day kind of church things like, right. um, setting up chairs, running sound, yeah. uh, tithing, you know, the good stuff. One, one <laughs> of the, we, we talked a lot about it. One of the biggest problems we faced 
that I, I still contend was our biggest problem is that there's a massive difference between a church and a church plant. Um, and I don't think we really ever got people on board with the idea that this is a church plant. Yeah. And that it takes everybody's ma- a massive amount of energy and time to make this thing go um, to where it's not just four, three or four people doing everything and yeah. to actually make it so that it's something that people in the community know exists. Like we did everything we could to make that happen. But at the end of the day, if you don't really have a good or a solid team of people who are dedicated to that same mission, um, and that may just been a failure of leadership in our part because we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, like you're essentially starting a business, like you're starting a small business when you start a church. And it's, unless you have that type a personality, which none of us do, yeah. it, it's, you're really going to struggle. And I think that at the end of the day, that's part of what our problem was, is none of us are type a, and we just did never, could never really communicate the idea that there's a difference between simply coming to a church and coming to a church plant yeah. and to make that work. It takes a tremendous amount of effort. Yeah. So when we were um, kind of realizing where we the church was kind of on its way out, I, I was kept kept telling Matt and Brad like, "Hey, there's these things called podcasts. We should totally start one." <laughs> like, no, we're not. We're not doing that. <laughs> we don't have time for that. And and after time, uh, I finally you suckered wore them us down. I wore them down <laughs> per use. Yeah, uh, <laughs> wore them down. Uh, we were going to call it Bros Bibles Beer, but um, <laughs> some assholes <laughs> already took that, so we couldn't do that. I don't know what yeah. the hell is going on with that. Yeah, that's pretty. I weird. heard Brad hates alliteration. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and then we. So I was working on like a format. We I have the notes from. Uh, my proposal. We actually met at Brad's house, and yeah. and I, I pitched them the, the idea of starting a podcast. It was great. That is amazing. Like, Fine, if we'll do this, will you shut up? Yeah, <laughs> essentially how that ended up. And we wanted to do something that we could uh, have an outlet um, that wouldn't take up a whole lot of time. I mean, it takes up more time than what we probably thought in the initial stages. Um, but it doesn't take up a whole lot of time. We, there's not a whole lot of setup and tear down. Not least like not, like there was with the church. No. Um, and we're able to do it. And I think we, we, I, I know we've had a, a much larger impact doing a podcast than we ever yeah. would have with a church. Yeah. Hmm. We've, re- we've reached a hundred fold people more than we ever did with the church. Yeah. I mean, At least. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Dozens more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? I was, that reminds me of, uh, Mike Erie. Have you heard of that guy? Oh yeah. He does Vox. The, the Vox podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that was their thing. And there's still, they're in kind of in flux with the church because he, he had to move out to Ohio, I think, for his mom's health. But they're still doing the church. But it, the priority, at least when they were on our podcast, they were the priority is the podcast because of the reach and because yeah, yeah, right. they can do so much more with it. You guys, that would be, a, I don't know, you guys should have him on, I think, because he's, he's like conservative-ish, like enough to satisfy <laughs> kind of the more conservative, but I think he does it. He's doing it in the right way. Like I know we've already that, got that probably dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> you do. You know, actually that's a good comparison. He does. There, there's a lot of that, the same lingo and yeah. I love hey, hey guys. Hey guys, are you there? <laughs> yeah, we're here. It's Scott from the moon. <laughs> hey, um, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, it might be a little loud. But uh, you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned that you reach more people on the podcast than you ever did in the churches. Do you feel that the the kind of missions or the purposes are the same 
that you that you had so the church mission or purpose that you had was the same as you, the idea that you have for the podcast. Scott, where are you? First of all, yeah, Scott, what are you drinking in that bar? <laughs> okay, so I made it. I made it to a location. I'm at BJ's. I'm going to watch football, but it's halftime now, so I'm not going to wait. <laughs> I have a beer. Try Sarah Hops. Nice. Um, I would say um, n- no, <laughs> mainly because our theology has changed. A lot of our ch- theology um, has changed in terms of that that missional, like, um, let's evangelize to, to everyone. Um, we're really, we're just trying to meet people where they're at. Uh, it's not with some hidden agenda. It's not with we're going to save some souls. Um, I would say things like good things come out of it and probably better things have come out of that because of uh, us not trying to be missional in kind of the, the podcast. Um, if that makes any kind of sense. Well, and I would, I would add to that. You know, when we started this, Michael hinted this earlier, when we started this podcast, we started for the three of us. Like we had no illusions yeah. that it was going to do jack shit with anybody. We're like, like, Hey, we got 20 people to listen to this. Yeah, thing. I mean, if, we, if, awesome. if we could get the people yeah. we knew to listen to this, that'd be, that'd be fine. We really just did it for us, and then it sort of took on a life of its own, and now it's things have shifted a little bit for us, and we really, you know, with the pub, and we've really created this, this community is sort of formed around this, and so we, things, I guess our priorities, I don't know if priorities is the right word, um, our intentions have shifted a little bit with this, and we really try to find ways to take care of the people that listen. Like, we really, so in one sense, it really is the same as what we were doing, Um in that we really care about people and care about where they're at and what's going on in their lives and how we can sort of help them navigate 21st century spirituality and just life in general, especially in, um, in the state the country's in right now, like trying to navigate the, the fear and the, the, the anxiety and the stress and, um, and all the stuff that goes along with that. And so I, in one sense, I think it really is the same. I mean, that's essentially what we were doing earlier with our minister, quote unquote ministries, um, we're basically doing that now just in a different format. I would say the one thing that's different though, is we have the freedom to say whatever yeah, we want. Exactly. We don't have the fear of losing our jobs for speaking out what we truly believe. If we're doubting, we're going to say we're doubting. Yeah. If we're having a good old Jesus, Holy spirit moment, we're, we're free to say that. Um, and then the very next week say, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, you know, yeah. we, it's, it, like one thing I say often is you can't fire us. Yeah. You can't fire yeah. us. If you don't want to listen, don't listen. If it's not your thing, that's fine. Yeah. What's crazy is we get every once in a while, we'll get a message from somebody who's listened to like one episode and they're trying to uh, condemn us to hell or whatever else it is. Um, and it's just like, just don't listen. <laughs> you had warnings. We have beer on our logo. There's <laughs> yeah, a right. little red E next to the title. Like, yeah we're explicit. You're probably not going to like it. So go away. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. And I, and I think that freedom is what has allowed us to have an impact that we've had is that we don't have to, we just are what we are. And I think that most of the comments that we get from people and most of the, you know, our iTunes reviews and all that talk about something along the lines of authenticity. I know that's a word that gets thrown around a lot, but we're just, it's, they, it's like three guys sitting around a table talking to three guys sitting around a table. Well, that's exactly what it is. That's why it sounds like that. Um, it's just us trying to figure stuff out. And I think that's really resonated with people that it's just three guys sorting through the same stuff that they're sorting through who may be a little bit further down the path than some people, um, but may not be as far as some other people. So it's just, it's kind of a community essentially is what it is. And, 
And I think that's really resonated with me. And we don't, we don't edit our episodes intentionally. Mm -hmm. We record them. It's funny because some guests will come on and like, when is, when is this coming out? And like tonight? Yeah. Like Like, five minutes from now. Yeah. Like it's going to come out like in in like an hour after we get done recording the rest of this episode. Like what? Um, I long for that. I long for that for us. It's never going to happen. Probably. I don't, part you got, of it's laziness. I'm so impressed. Yeah. Part of it's just straight up laziness. Cause we don't, I don't want to edit. I don't want to edit things. And so we've, we've made decisions in our equipment about how we can do this live. I, I, I run a soundboard, uh, on my, um, on my, uh, through our, our, on my iPhone yeah. to get it to do different sounds. So we can do our, our theme songs and all that stuff. Like it's all with the intent of, you know, being able to take about a half an hour afterwards and, and put it into iTunes and then, and then that's it. Yeah. Right on Twitter, what it's about. So. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's so good. We're man. I, I don't I know. try and get Zach to go there, but he, he did it once or twice, but He's very insecure. He doesn't believe God has him. And he's like, those, those like four second awkward pauses are just too much. Oh my God. What in the heck is happening? Scott, go away. I don't know what just happened. Are you guys still there? What just happened? Oh my God. How did that I, just happen? We just wait, got booted from our no, own. No, no, no. There's. Are we there? No, I know we're back. Okay, we, we just got booted <laughs> yeah, from our own feed. Scott, stop it, <laughs> Jeff. You want to rebuke Satan real quick in Jesus' <clears throat> name? <laughs> um, wait, wait, what? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yes, I will rebuke Satan. Scott, leave. Hang up. Poor <laughs> <laughs> oh, Scott. Hey, you can't fire me. <laughs> That's right, Scott. That's Scott, right. Tell him. I love Scott so much. He, he it's funny on the podcast he kind of plays bulldog and he admits What do you that, mean by that? He admits that sometimes he it's like the argument or he gets an idea in his head and it's like a a, a bone in a dog's mouth that you can't take away. But then <laughs> we've got some it's friends It's more like a vampire in blood, but continue. We've got we've had multiple people meet him. And they're like, oh, that's Scott from the podcast. He's not, he's not an asshole like I thought. He's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> we were totally ready for a fight. We, were, we're, we had the Bible out. We were reading over our passages. <laughs> and we're gonna, but we, we haven't gotten to theology yet. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know you guys did that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yeah, that's great. We just had to use the tools that I know that will sting the most. Yeah. <laughs> So the, theology, like, I mean, not to get into theology, but you you did sh- say how you've changed and most, you call yourself, I think, progre- the bad boys of progressive. No, <laughs> no, we don't. That's Michael. I Michael, do. no, Michael that. says that. Nobody else uh, says that. Yes, it's great. No, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's really cotton on. No, it hasn't. Yeah. Cotton? It's cotton on? It's cotton. Cotton. Yeah, cotton. Apparently English Probably has cotton, cotton on. <laughs> yeah, so what, the, what's the, what are the big shifts that... And, and how do you, I mean, obviously Jesus still plays a part in your podcast, right. um, arguably in, in more and deeper ways than when you were doing church, but how, how has that changed and what, how would you call it or what would you call it? I guess we, we see everything through, we interpret everything through the lens of Jesus, um, through the death and resurrection like that. And what I mean by that is if something, if, you know, we've always, we said this while we were planting the church, this is kind of one of our main things is that, that 
God is never more or less than you see in Jesus. Like that, he said, he, he who sees the, uh, he who's seen me has seen the father. Like that is how everything gets interpreted. So, you know, you dig through the old Testament, you see this, all this bloodshed and genocide and everything else. And you interpret that through Jesus instead of looking at it as like, there's a God of the old Testament, God in the new Testament. And, um, the best way I can tell you to, to best idea I can give you as to what that all means is to read Rob Bell's new book and read Brian Zahn's new book. Cause they both talk about it. Um, but essentially it, it's the idea of, of looking at the Bible and looking at Christianity, looking at my faith through the lens of, of how Jesus lived his life. Um, as we see it in scripture. So yeah. that's the best that I think that more than anything has been the biggest change for us from what we grew up with is that, um, the Bible talks about Jesus. The Bible isn't Jesus. And that, yeah. those are two very distinct things. The Bible uh, isn't the word of God. Jesus, Jesus is the, the word, word of God. God. <laughs> um, the Bible is the words of God, essentially talking about the word of God. I think yeah. that's the way Zahn talks about it. Um, and I think the Bible helps us. Uh, it points us to Jesus. And, and it's a great uh, way to get to know who Jesus is. But I think a lot of times it gets idolized um, as this... this um, the the fourth member of the the trinity you know um and, the bible does yes yeah the bible yeah um and i think that that's not what the bible is that's it's, you know it's interesting looking back into my uh fairly recent past that's what i call it now like it, it totally the bible was the thing but at the time remembering back then if somebody were to say something like you guys just said, I would say, Oh yeah, you know, the Bible is not the thing it's, you know, it's about Jesus. Right. But so I, I don't know how to, even coming out of that, I don't know how to communicate that with people that are actually locked into that mode of the Bible is the thing and that they don't yeah. know it is. So any, any yeah. pointers, how do we do that? Well, you, you can't take people where they're not willing to go. First of all, like preach. Yep. I mean, part That's of exactly what I was going to I mean, say. our deconstruction was, was essentially self-inflicted. Is that the word? Like, I don't know about that. We we all just like, we all just started asking questions and until somebody's mm. to the point where they're willing to do that, to at least ask questions, even if they don't like the answers, but to get to the point where you ask questions, there's, I don't know if there's much you can really do. And I've really wrestled with, with the idea because you know where we are, like we really want to take people to, to where we are and not because we're right, but because we've tasted something and seen something that we can't untaste or unsee. And, um, and when, when that happens, you get excited about it. You know, Rob Bell mm-hmm. talks about joy being a generative thing. Like it, it has an engine to it. And you know, when you see something good or you hear a great song, you're like, Hey, you need to hear this. Or you need, you automatically want to share that thing with somebody else. And that's kind of, I mean, that's why we started the podcast. So we could share the kind of what's going on with us and what we've discovered and people can listen or they don't have to listen. Um, and they can listen to it kind of at their own pace and they can hear it at their own pace and they can agree with it or disagree at their own pace. And, um, and that's, that's the difficult thing is that you can't, if somebody's just not there, they're just not there. Um, well, we've talked, we talk, Matt and I talk a lot about our parents on the podcast. Yes. I mean, they're just not there. They're not ever no, going to be. And that's fine. Be. I mean, their faith works for them. Um, you know, for a long time, I think we kind of fought that and would, sort of goad and push and yeah and now i just don't i mean if yeah. you're I, you thought there I was like any, more freedom for them to be had yeah i mean i yeah i yeah. think so i mean i i i watch you know i listen to my you know if we if those conversations come up i listen to my mom just paint herself into a corner and i'm like 
Yeah. But it, for her, it's not a corner. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like it just makes sense yeah. to her. And I don't have any interest. I don't think it's really wise to try to throw her into some sort of spiritual. She's 62 mm-hmm. years old. You know what I mean? Like no. I don't, I don't have yeah. any interest in sort of throwing her into sort of any sort of, uh, spiritual crisis, spiritual crisis. Yeah. And, I think that's irresponsible and stupid. If she ever decides she wants to ask questions, then we're here. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I think that that's just, that's just how people, I, I've come to that conclusion in a, in a difficult way. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think for a long time when I was starting to sort of, I don't know, I was starting to feel a freedom I'd never really felt growing up Mm -hmm. and you want to share it. And I wanted to share it. And then I, but when I was getting people kicking against that or just not interested at all, it was really frustrating. Like, no, 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 but you've got to do, you know, so I spent all my time arguing and whatever. Now I don't argue with anybody anymore. No. Um, If you're not there, I don't, that's why I'm not on Twitter. I mean, I, (laughs) I, no, I mean, that's, that's exactly the reason I'm just done with it. And, um, I, you know, I, I, I'm trying my best to just let people be where they are. Mm Mm-hmm trying to remember where I was yeah. 10, 15 years ago, yeah. whatever. It's just a different, it's just a different place. Yeah. It's not a right place and a wrong place. It's a different place. Yeah. So. Hey, so, so you mentioned uh, kind of what the Bible is not. It's not the thing. Jesus is the thing. What do you, what would you say that it is, is what is the positive statements that you would make towards, towards it? So what I'm, what I kind of observe, um, and I see this in Zach, um, and I kind of just just from this, <laughs> just from this brief from the brief discussion here, it, it's it's um, you had a conception, and instead of you shifting, well, you you did shift, but but you you it's, instead of that conception of scripture shifting. Yeah, yeah, you had to diminish scripture itself. So do you do you find a a dilemma with with that? So it's you had a problem, but instead of you fixing you as the problem, as the as the source of the problem, you had to change the right diminish scripture or what's that another word for um ah lessen the importance of it. I, I, there's a word, I forget what it is, but you know what I mean? No, I don't think, uh, I don't feel like I've diminished scripture at all. In fact, I look back at what I, how I used to approach it. And I realized that when I was, how I used to approach it, trying to take everything literally and everything actually diminishes scripture you, because you're, you're intending it. You're, you're taking out, you're taking, you're, you're approaching scripture in a way that even the writers of the scriptures didn't approach it. Um, and they, I mean, you, I started when I, I, what really started breaking that open for me was when I was actually studying uh, a lot of Jewish authors uh, and rabbis and different things and seeing how they approached it. I'm like, we should probably look at how they approach scripture, seeing as how Jews wrote all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that became very important, started breaking things open for me and going, oh, wait, they, when they see the story of the ark, they're not going, well, you know, we've got to find the ark to prove that all this literally happened. They're going, it doesn't freaking matter if that actually happened because the point is the story it's telling and, and how, what it says about God, what it says about people, 
and how we relate to one another and relate to God. Um, I I take scripture more seriously now than I ever yeah. did then. Yeah. Same. Yeah, Looking and that's back, a buzz, it, that's a buzzword I hear as well from Zach. <laughs> <laughs> what buzzword? Uh, yeah. take, you take it more seriously. Uh, everyone everyone agrees that you know. Yeah, we're all we're all trying to do it seriously. And that's I, true. I, think I, I have think a greater appreciation for what the Bible is. I don't. I, I, I'm not saying I take it any more seriously than you do, but I think I have a greater appreciation for what it is, what it was meant to be, and not only that, but the tra- trajectory of where it's going. The Bible tells a clear, a clear trajectory in the Old Testament into the New Testament, mm-hmm. and you look at just the, the shift from from the old law to the new law, and then look at where we're going when Jesus said, uh, "There are even greater things to come." Like it, there is a, a trajectory that I think people miss in the, in the it's, literal sense. They get the, caught up in the it's law. It's the idea of as I was growing up, I was looking at the trees of the forest and missing the forest. And now what I do is I take a more aerial view of it and see the overall arching narrative of what God is doing in history through the Christ from the very beginning. And so when I talk about interpreting it through Jesus, I look at Jesus and I say, okay, this is who God is, period, full stop. That's The Bible makes it very clear, the New Testament makes it very clear that Jesus is the full revelation of the Father. And so when I see that, anything that doesn't gel with that vision of, of, who, of what Jesus presented God to be, anything in Scripture that doesn't gel with that has to be chalked up to, okay, this is... This, this is the Old Testament, especially is people. This is the, their understanding in in ancient times of who God was and what a God, what a divine being was. Um, the similarities between what they, how they viewed God and what God was doing, quote unquote, through them, whether it was laying waste to entire civilizations, uh, mass genocide of entire people groups because God told them to. I don't think God told them to do that at all. I think that has to do with their idea of who God was at the time because it's all they knew. Um, they weren't 21st century Americans who were thinking, who, who understood genocide to be wrong. They were living in, in barbaric times when they, killing was, you, if, you, if you wiped out a civilization, it was because your God gave you victory. If you lost it because God it was angry with you. So when I look at that and I interpret that through Jesus, I go, okay, this was never how God was. God was never violent. God was never retributive. God was never vengeful because that's not who we see in Jesus. And if God is the same as ye- the same yesterday, today, and forever, then that's who God has always been is what's revealed in Jesus. Scott? <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Poke the bear. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so if... So I, I was asking those that those questions because you mentioned I, for, I forget which of you mentioned that you know Jesus is the Word of God the Bible is not the Word of God which which so I I agree with that to a certain extent but when Jesus refers <laughs> to the Word of God or the words of God uh, there there's kind of a you, you can't just say Jesus is the Word of God and exclude what he refers to as being oracles of God passed down. So if Jesus refers to them as being God's as God speaking, then then how that that can't cease to be the word of God that that God spoke to the people, and Jesus right. referred to it as that being God speaking to the people. We're all arguing over who gets to respond to there, your question. There's, there's, an instance, there's an instance there's an instance where Jesus goes in the synagogue and he reads he grabs the Isaiah scroll, 
And it's the point, the part where he talks about, I came to give blind, uh, sight to the blind and he, you know, anoint the sick and all that um, and proclaim the, the day of the favor of the Lord. He leaves part of that passage out as he's reading the scroll. So even Jesus was leaving parts out of the word of God that were not part of who he was coming to reveal God to be. Well, he, he does the same thing. Wait, hold on, Scott. Can I, can I, can I read your mind? I know your response, Scott. Can I try? Make make it quick. <laughs> <laughs> but the party left out is not because it's a, it's not going to happen. It's because it's yet to come. What, what do you guys think about that? No, because it's talking about vengeance. And I don't think God has ever been about vengeance. I think that was their understanding in the Old Testament of who God was and what God was doing. But that begs the that begs the question because if if he if what if what Zach said he left it out because it that was not what he came to do at the time. No, that's what Zach saying Scott was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but but if that's something that he was going to that is laid up for the future, then you you can't just you can say I because I don't think God is vengeful. You can't. That I, there's no there's no basis to say that Jesus' entire life was the basis for that. There there is no vengeance. There will never be vengeance because Jesus' entire life was one of peace and and non judgment, non condemnation. Love was, your enemy, you know. I, I mean, mean to use, if Jesus to use said, the word to use the words of right, right. But but Matthew right Matthew twenty five twenty four twenty five <laughs> is there talk of, there's talk of judgment. Jesus talks of judgment. Which happened in 70 AD when they destroyed the temple. Oh, okay, so that's so. Okay, so let's go with that. So does that mean that <laughs> dog bone? There was no. So does that mean that there was then God did have vengeance? Then is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I think the Romans destroyed the temple. The Romans did that. The God didn't do that. Oh, but, yeah, so but Jesus, Jesus what he, talks about it as judgment, though. Jesus talks about God judging. Yeah, it's, but, ju- but what's it? But what is it judging? It. So what's it judging? So what it's judging? What he was judging was basically telling Israel, "You keep it on this road of continuing to do violent retro, uh, revenge against the Romans, you're going to be destroyed." And guess what? They kept up doing violent uh, retribution against the Romans, and their entire city was destroyed. Like, it's judging that entire violent mindset. It's the natural consequences of our own sin. I mean, you see what you see. I mean, does the cross, does the cross mean, but does the cross mean anything? Because if the cross, what the cross is, is you see a God hanging there who would rather die than seek vengeance on his enemies. He hangs there while he's being killed saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But, but if there, if there are only natural consequences... Why would why why is the cross necessary? If there if there are only natural consequences, because on the cross I see a I see a man hanging there, who, in the midst of the worst thing that a human being can do to another human being, saying forgive them. And when I look at that, I see, okay, I can do this too. But by people that hurt me, I can forgive. I don't have to live this life of vengeance. I can love my enemies. This person did it. This person who was fully human can do this, I can do this too. He, he had to cancel out the certificate of death, the sin that, that was, <laughs> was going to be uh, held against us. He had to cancel that out? Why, 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 is there, why is there sin that needs to be paid for if it's only I think it, natural consequences? I think it's important to note that Jesus died in a time. 
it was, it was, and you have to take into like the historical context of who Jesus was around at that given time. There was a history of sacrificing. There was a lamb there, that was, that was part of the tradition. And yeah, to me, that's not the question I wrestle with now is does, did Jesus really need to die for me? Probably not. I mean, I mean, the, the reality is we're not going to agree. We're not going to agree because we don't believe in penal substitutionary atonement and you do. But we know, but we know that Jesus died and it says over and over that he died for our sins. But what does that mean? Well, you, I'm, that's what I'm asking. And I mean, because what, I know what you mean by that, but I'm not going to mean the same thing that you mean by that. I, right, what, that's why I'm asking. What, what do you... So when it's saying that he died for our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins, for remission, so that, so that God would... So because, uh, what does it say? Don't, don't, fear, uh, don't fear man, but fear him who can destroy both your, your uh, soul body and, and body. Soul. Yeah. Right, right. So... so that that idea of of having our sins forgiven um, is is clear in in, in scripture. I have my and, and I have my hand raised right, when, whenever you're done, it's Scott. Forgiven. God. <laughs> it's it's God. It's God forgiving those those sins. Not not so that the world or the earth or the devil can forgive our sins. Because that right, it's it's God forgiving our sins through the blood of Jesus. So to 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 say that. You you don't did Jesus have to die for your sin? If 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 that's if that's a real question, or if you think that Jesus didn't have to die for your sin, uh, that that it goes against what Jesus did. And man, I I would not necessarily no. It turns it turns God it turns God into an abusive father, and it does great it it does great violence to the Trinity to say that He had to murder His Son in order to be able to forgive his people. And that's not the case. God forgives his people because he's God. You're saying that Jesus didn't love. have to die for your sins. Yes. I think saying Jesus died because of our Jesus sins. Jesus died because of our sins, not for our sins. I mean, he, he, he sits there as the ultimate, he dies as the ultimate scapegoat. I didn't know we were going to get technical. <laughs> Sorry. That's all you do, that's Scott. That's all you're doing, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, I, 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 I seek to clarify. Hold on. I seek to Clarify. If I had the soundboard picked up, we have a soundbite for that. I'll put it in a post. Don't worry. I want to clarify because I'm the clarifier. <laughs> but but uh, I think we're definitely, definitely arguing off of different starting points and different frameworks. Are, for sure. I, I don't, That's what I'm saying. I don't. I, so it's going to end up being round and round circles. And by the way, I don't no, think that, that's why I'm asking questions. Well, Come on. I know. We got we to gotta continue with the discussion to so that. So that we we stop talking like that, that so that we can get to that. Okay, what what are you actually talking about? Right. But but what we're saying is there's no starting point of commonality to even agree on anything because we can but say let's, you let's can say forgiveness. There, you guys, you I don't think that's going to happen. Scott in one podcast. needs, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Scott good, needs you to get start. to his commonality so we can move forward. <laughs> Scott, okay, whatever, whatever. No, 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 hold on. I'm, you're, <laughs> no, I'm I'm not. I'm not dismissing you, Scott. I'm dead serious. You you should see you his eyes. Want, They're black. You want yeah, sure sounded like it. Them to come to your commonality. You want them to come to your side so you have what does that agreement. Mean? No, Hold on. no more questions. I don't think we're gonna solve <laughs> uh, the atonement theory just yet. And I wonder not about, I don't not about so solving either. it. Not Scott, about solving it. I'm yelling in BJ's. Scott, we only have Jeez, <laughs> Scott, that's a soundbite. Uh, we only have seven hours have with these guys. To have some discussion, so, I think it's good that we 
continue to ask questions. Totally. To questions? get to that, to try to get to those starting. Questions are good I, I in think, a Bible study. Well, but, I think but we but have to almost start with like, what do we believe the Bible is before we even like have... But we're not even going to have commonality on that. Yeah, then I think that, and that's a thing. I asked that too. What are you saying that the word of God is? Oh, I, did we I, ever I, get I, that? Yeah, I, I tried that. <laughs> no, hold on though. <laughs> but then but then you vehemently disagreed with us too. So I like, know. So that's what I'm saying is there's no point of commonality even with that. So I'm not really sure where to even go... I mean, this is yeah. where I just don't really argue. You believe what you believe, and I believe what I believe. Well, no, it's, it's I, not about arguing. I'm trying to clarify. That's that's just passive aggressive. But, every, but, but every, time we, every, <laughs> every time we clarify, you disagree with us, and so, like, I, that's why. Like, I don't. In light of in light of this other thing, how how, how would you put it? How, how does it how does it work in light of this? Because yeah, I have a I have a view that I'm coming from. So. The reason I have that view is because of this. So how would how would you what would you say in light of your view? What would you say about that? Yeah, but your view is your correct interpretation of the Bible. Okay, we're yeah we're spinning off. All right, what we're Jeff? S- what are you talking about, man? Reset. Seriously, <laughs> come on, man. More passive aggressive. Trying to have a discussion and you make it adversarial. That you know it's bad when Jeff defends us. <laughs> 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 that might be the, the line of the night. That's great. <laughs> I still wanted to get back to a few things. Jeff has notes here. I'm going to go dark okay. again. Okay. We well, love you, Scott. We love you long time. Or long time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff has scribbled some notes. Oh, gosh. This is like changing the subjects hardcore here. <laughs> <laughs> gosh. Guys, you. Uh, okay. So, um, two things. One was really about family. Uh, out of the three of you, how many of you have uh, a wife and kids? All, all, of, us. all of us. Okay. There's so seven kids between us. <laughs> okay. Considering um, the challenges, um, the decisions that you've made, because, um, you know, I've, ever since I was married and had children, uh, you know, I had a, a solid job and... You know, it's so there hasn't been my point is there hasn't been stress there financially right. for the most part. However, um, you know, some of you guys made decisions that put yourselves in a place that mm-hmm. it was taking a jump off a cliff. So yep. I'm, yep. I'm curious. Um, I'm more than curious because it's my passion in, in terms of family. Um, you took that into um, into your judgment of I'm going to do this. Where right. were your sure. Where were your wives in all of this, and what was the impact on the the decision? One one thing um, I can say for at least this is Michael, by the way. Um, one thing I can say for my Hi, wife. Michael. So we. Hey. <laughs> um, so early on in our marriage, um, I was working as a barista. There you go, Zach. Um, and my <laughs> wife was in college and I, and we were, you know, she was in college to, to go to nursing, uh, just freaking hated it. She did it because, um, it was going to be a good paying job. Uh, and it, but it wasn't her passion. Um, and, um, she did it basically because of pressure from her family, um, and to, to have a good paying job and yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, we were eating, you know, ramen noodles, the good stuff. Mm. And we decided, um, early on in our marriage that we would much rather 
be happy and poor than rich and miserable. So she quit her job. She uh, is actually writing her fourth book right now um, with a, with a publisher. So she's doing really awesome things. I um, was in management uh, with a, with a large company uh, quit that. So I could be more present with, um, with my family. So I could be more present with my kids. Give her a plug real quick. What are the book book titles Um, style? um, It is uh, YA. So young adult, it's dystopian. Uh, her name's Sarah Basinger. Uh, first book in the, the the first series is called Black Tiger, so it's a Black Tiger series. Check Black it out. Tiger, Ashen City, and White Dawn. Yeah, yep. And I've read. I'm in the middle of the third. I'm one. I'm in the so. beginning of the yeah. third one. Yeah. How was it, it guys? How was it, guys? I like it. I don't even like YA stuff. Yeah, yeah. like I, it's not my thing at all. But it's been pretty entertaining. Think so. like uh, Hunger Games, uh, yeah. Divergent, that that genre yeah. more or less. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so so she's super happy. Uh, I qu- quit my job um, for a job that doesn't have a four hundred one k deal um, or anything. But I'm more <laughs> or anything, um, any benefits whatsoever. Um, well, you get to work with Brad and I. Uh, that's not I a get benefit. To be your, I get to be your boss. Barely. I get to be your boss too. <laughs> yeah. Except except for you don't answer your phones. Uh, anyway, um, so. Uh, but I did that with the, the intention um, to be more present with my family, to be uh, a better dad, because the job that I had uh, took a lot of my time. Oh, even when I was home, I always had to be available for the store that I was working at. I got calls, you know, even the last week I was there at like midnight saying, hey, we can't lock the back door. We're just going to leave it, okay? Like, no, you're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> just just constant barrage of of having to deal with, mm-hmm. put out small fires. And now I get to be present with my kids. I get to hang out with my son. Um, and when I'm home, I'm home. And I don't have to worry about that other stuff. Um, so, so we made choices to be, um, we may not be super, super rich. We're not. Um, but we love what we do. We love that we get to spend time with our family. Yeah. So, so there's a rich, there's a richness to life. I mean, obviously for sure. Right. The the trade off. Yeah. Is a good one. So for this is Brad. So my situation was a little different when, uh, when I quit with youth ministry, my wife was very relieved other than the fact that we didn't really know how we were going to pay our bills. She was relieved because she knew I wasn't even present at home. I was besides the hours I was putting in, I, it was just eating me alive. Mm mentally, uh, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was really relieved. We, uh, any decision that we made to move, we moved a lot when our oldest two sons were younger. Um, if there's one thing I regret, it's that, uh, if you look on the trauma scale, um, big moves are like some of the worst traumatic They're like, it's like up there with death of a, like a close relative for children, uh, as far as like trauma. So. Uh, I think they actually, the older, the older two have some residual from some of the moves just because it was mm-hmm. like, you're constantly yanking them away from friends and that yeah. kind of, so they may, as soon as they'd make friends, we would move again. Um, when we, so we recognized that when we lived in Illinois, um, and when we were going to move down here, uh, my wife and I both agreed, this is it. So like, if this church doesn't work out, we're going to find a way to make life work here. We're going to put down roots here, uh, and let our kids grow up in one place. Mm. Um, and when it died, I had no qualms at all about going, well, we'll just find something else I'm staying. Um, so yeah, it, um, 
And, and honestly, one of the reasons I think we killed the church was because of our families. Why That's we finally put it in. A huge uh, because reason. I was, I, I mean, I, I remember telling the, we had a, a final meeting with our people. And I said, you know, speaking for me, I like Sundays, we met on Sunday nights, which I think was a big problem, but there wasn't because we had to rent. There was no other way around it. And Matt's job at the time. And Matt had a job at the time where he had to work till six every other weekend uh, in the evening. So um, there wasn't really any other way to do it. But I, I remember telling him like on Sunday, like I was turning into a dick dad. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting super stressed about church meeting that night. Is anybody going to show up? I've got to finish my stuff. I've got to fit like. And I was just, it was really taking a toll. And so when that, it was a big relief to finally end it um, for me. And like I said, when it ended, we finally just said, okay, well then it's time to pursue something else. And I've put myself into this career of fixing coffee equipment and that's just what I'm going to do. Um, our kids are, we've put down roots. Our our youngest son has never known. He was born when we moved down here. My mm-hmm. wife was eight and a half months pregnant. Mm-hmm. So he's never known anything but here. And he's actually much more well-adjusted than the older two. And I think that's a big reason why. Yeah. Um, it's because we've just made a conscious decision. This is where we're going to be. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all, all that has factored in. Um, like I said, if there's one thing I regret, it was all the moving. I don't know any other way that we could have done it. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty traumatic for the older two. Yeah. So. And it, mine's, mine's pretty similar. Like, I, I got fired. So mine was a little different. Like, we were, it was kind of thrust upon us. Um, thrust. The, <laughs> and there he is. Why does he always shit can when he I start? Really does. Every it's, time I start talking, always when you talk. he says nothing when you no, talk. I, I, I say three words and oh, thrust, uh, <laughs> sex joke. He, he says very thrust. on brand for him. <laughs> I'm going to keep the soundboard over here. I'm going to just start muting him yeah, every time I, know, I talk. Right. Um, so it, it was kind of, it was pushed upon us. Is that better, Michael? Can you make a joke out of that? Push it. Yeah. Push it real good. God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> you know the church you was pretty gr- the, the church, even though they, they fired us, was pretty gracious as far as like they gave me, uh, they paid me for a month after I left and then they paid our house payment for two months in the summer. So like, I had time to you be feeling the pressure part. as much. There, there, there wasn't quite the pressure there. I mean, obviously I needed to find something. Um, but I could be a really terrible car salesman for a couple months and it, where it was fine because our house <laughs> payment was taken care of. Um, and then, so but at the end of the day, Beth is really, my wife has always has been wonderful in that she has just supported whatever has made me happy. Um, which is really nothing at this point. I, I'm just <laughs> a miserable asshole. Um, yeah. but she, she has always been, she's always been just very supportive of whatever, wherever my passion has been. Um, you know, this podcast, like, you know, we do this once a week. And so she has to, has to basically vacate to either outside or upstairs while we record. Um, except for the occasional Jude appearances, which do happen on a weekly basis as he comes inside. Um, but she's always just been really supportive of that. And so that's been really, that's been a real hashtag blessing, um, for (laughs) love it for me for me to be able to just have a wife who's like, just whatever, whatever you want to do, I'll support that. And, um, she just kind of does her thing, whatever job it is she has at the time. And, um, she has a part-time job now where she's able to stay home with the kids a little bit more. And, and, uh, we have a, our youngest son has Asperger's. We just figured that out about six months ago and, um, uh, Asperger's ADHD and a whole mess of other shit. So she's been able to stay home and, and, um, better care for him and things like that and, um, get him sent off to school and all that stuff. So 
Um, she just has always supported me and that's been, that's been a huge, it really is a blessing. And I will use that word intentionally. It has been a huge blessing to have her be able to support me in that way. So with, so it sounds like, sounds like you guys just live fantastic family lives. (laughs) <laughs> Let's see you no, say that. no problems ever no yeah, never. Never. just a perfect existence that is, yeah. that is fantastic i i you know one thing uh, one thing uh red flag went up and not like scott's red flag scott <laughs> shut up um you know the red the red come on michael no red flag reference <laughs> the, the red the, no, but i don't have anything the moving like i don't know if it's so much the moving as it is the stress that children feel. Um, oh, I think it's, yeah, it's probably from, sure. from the, from their parents. Like they, yeah, they, they sense it, they feel it. Sure. Um, even, you know, there's studies, the studies, long, uh, longitudinal studies that have been done on um, kids who weren't even born yet. And they're, you know, I mean, I truly believe like our second daughters, one of them, um, that just could feel the awfulness of, you know, her parents before she was even born. Awfulness. Jeff is an overseer at our church, so he'll refrain from using shit storm, but that's probably. <laughs> oh my God. Cut him off. Cut him off. No, no, no. Don't, don't let Scott on. Don't let Scott on. Um, don't do it. Okay. Um, that's so weird. We're getting Skype calls from Scott. <laughs> Sorry guys. Oh, Sorry guys. God, I wasn't no. paying attention then I heard my name. What's going on? <laughs> Scott just tells it about the weather and nothing else. Agent. All right. Okay. So one of the one other thing, um the ministry, youth ministry. Um I was talking with um someone who's very involved in ministry just um in everything and he mentioned how there's you guys mentioned burnout, you know, it's burnout. Oh, yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. the the care, like, was there someone to care for you in you no. know at no. I mean they're, they're like <laughs> I mean, obviously I hear like one of the meetings is, you know, can you, you know, coexist? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's horrible. I mean, I'm saddened to hear that that's where a church would be. I think or, it's Je- Jeff's uh, can I be prophetic, Jeff? Go Are ahead. you angling? Because our church is growing and we're attempting to be a centered set church where the focus is Jesus' death and resurrection and a lot of the other peripheral issues are not stressed and therefore we have a lot of different people coming um, coming to the church, Michael. And um, <laughs> <laughs> gallons and gallons. <laughs> wow. <laughs> God, what a terrible person. Are you freaking kidding me? Terrible he person. Man. He wanted God. it. He <laughs> wanted it. Zach wanted it. Not hey. every batter take, hits, swings at every pitch, Michael. You can let some of them go Sometimes by. you can just take a strike. Yeah, that was way outside, Michael. Come on. And on that, and on that, we have a huge children's ministry, but continue, Zach. And they sure. all listen. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, but we, you know, Lots we have, babies. we have this church and there's, you know, the relational dynamics and different people involved with different views and stuff like that. So it sounds like kind of you're drilling down a little bit for yourself, maybe Jeff. I don't know, but you know, you keep going. 
Okay. Well, you guys here's, have any answers the, for Jeff? I, I, I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll speak say, for me. I was the one that you shut I was the one that actually burned out. So I know, but I was getting there. You were fired. So there's. I know, but I was burning out at the time. But you didn't get a chance to. So what? Here's looking back. I I mean, I had people. I wouldn't say nobody at the church cared about me. I had people that cared about me. I don't think, but not in the way that you needed. It's well, different to be cared. It's I, different to be cared about like, and cared for. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think I don't think they cared in that. They didn't. I think there are still a lot of people, especially in youth ministry, that don't see it as like a real job. Yeah, that's a that's one of the part of the problem. So like, you know, sure, I might be going and hanging out with a bunch of kids and playing video games, but that's time where I'm not at my family with my family, and I'm not doing that because I want to play freaking halo i was doing that because i wanted to spend time with these kids in their environment yeah right and and actually be like a a legit friend to them and somebody they could look up to and somebody that they could come to they would would be comfortable with coming to and that's where all their friends were yeah we would hook up four tvs we'd play halo and with four xboxes and it was you know four teams of four and it was just it was a lot of fun but I wasn't with my family then. So like you, but there's a lot of people that don't see that as work. And so, mm, right. Um, you know, so when they're saying they're, they're going, well, okay, so he can do that. And then he can do children's ministry and then he can do worship ministry because this, none of that's actually a real job. But what's interesting is I was putting in more hours than the senior pastor. Yeah. But everybody saw what he did as like a legit job, which it it is. Right. But like, you know what I'm saying? So I mm-hmm. had people that cared about me because when I, I mean, I left, there were, I mean, people were legitimately, a lot of people were legitimately sad about it. Um, and I had some people that were like, well, you should have just told us. And I was like, I just didn't, I mean, part of my personality, I'm not going to be the person that seeks help. That's just not who I am. It's lonely on the top. But, well, but, but, you know, I, I don't know that anybody really would have understood where I was coming from because ministry is one of those jobs. It's not a normal job. No, it's not. And I remember I had a guy one time who was like, well, I work a bunch of hours. I'm like, you don't get it. Yeah. You can freaking go home and leave it. Yeah. Like, you can't do that in ministry. No. I mean, it is literally like a 24-7 job because you just can't leave it. Like, I, I just was, my, I was constantly thinking about it. If, if one of my kids was hurting, I was hurting. If it's, you know it's, what I mean? it's, like, it's not just physically, it's not just a physical draining. Like you're, oh, I'm tired from working 45 hours this week. It's you're emotionally drained. You're spiritually drained. Yeah. You're mentally exhausted. Like it, there's a difference in, in unless like you could seek out help at the church, but no one, unless they do that, nobody would get it. You and I had each other yeah, and that did. was about it. Yeah. Like people mm-hmm. didn't, we didn't have anybody we could go to that really understood where we were coming from and saw our job was legitimate. Right. And and saw the time we were putting into it, and so it, I mean, because a lot of people like we're just hanging out with a bunch of kids at Wendy's, and it's like right, but like that's that's yeah. still exhausting, yeah, because it it's not just I mean, because you're on, I'm, you're on call, yeah, you're, you're not on. just sitting there shooting the shit, yeah, they're asking you questions or you're trying to listen to what they're actually saying, and you're the so one you sitting there, you're yes. the yeah. you're the impact, yes. yes. That, take you out of the equation those kids are going off to you know la la land where nobody is taking care of them i I remember when i worked i remember when i worked uh one of the when i in between uh once i after i quit macy's and we moved up to northern indiana and i was working in a factory i remember being like i couldn't believe what it was like to punch out yeah it was nice i punched out i worked i worked second shift i worked 2 30 to 11 o'clock at night and at 11 o'clock at night, I, cl- I clocked out, and I didn't have to think about it. Yeah. I didn't think about it at all yeah. until the next day when I was there. Yeah. yeah. And punched in again. 
I, I remember thinking, oh God, like it really is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, if you're not in ministry, just don't understand that. And if, I mean, if anybody's in church, anybody that's listening, if you're in a church, the best way you can take care of your pastors is to A, see what they do as legitimate and let them know that you see what they do as legitimate and go, is there anything I can take off your plate? Now, they have to be willing to let you take stuff off their plate. And I think for me, looking back, yeah. I wasn't so you, much. Youth I think ministers that, are notoriously egotistic. Yeah, well, and I, 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 par, I was partially to blame for my burnout. Yeah. For that reason, because I, I wasn't willing to let people take certain things because I wanted the control of it. Yeah. Um, but the best thing you can do is just say, what can we do for you? I mean, even as much as can we watch your kids so you and your wife can go out for a night? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yep. So um, there's just a lot of stuff like that. But I think a lot of it is I don't think a lot of people, you know, I don't think a lot of guys that go and sell insurance or work in a, in a law firm or whatever even see what a minister does is legitimate. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, you just work one day. A week. And that's your elders. Yeah. And that's, it is yeah. and a lot of times. And I think, you know, when I'm talking, when I was talking to my elders, talking about how I was just burnt, I think a lot of them were just surprised. Like yeah. I was teaching, I mean, I got to the point where I was teaching like four times a week. Like, I mean, yeah. I would have elders come in and they'd ask the senior pastor if I was in the office, where's Brad? Why is he not in the office as much? Because I'm, if I'm in the office, I'm not fucking in ministry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's yep. no people there. I'm just yeah. sitting there staring at a computer or reading a book. Yeah. That's right. not ministry. Ministry, I'm out with kids or I'm out with at the or hospital have, or having lunch at the high school. Having or, lunch at yeah. the high school. You, You're engaging in life. That. Yeah. Yes. Right. And if, if I'm at the office, I'm not doing that. They just didn't get it. I mean, it just that they just didn't register at all mm-hmm. because if you're not in the office, you're not working. Mm-hmm. And so, well, you know, they, or they wanted you to do that, but they also wanted you to put 40 hours in at the office. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my senior pastor having a conversation with me and the other two staff members about coming in and, and putting in office time on Saturdays <laughs> because Sundays was like a volunteer day for us. And I looked at him, I was like, <laughs> It's not a volunteer day for me. Right. Like I have to be here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, like, I'm, I'm not, I just won't be there Sunday. This then, is like th- this is like three or four months in. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. If this is what this guy's like, like I'm screwed. Because I was like, I told him I said I, flat, I said I'm not coming in on Saturdays. I'm not yeah. doing that. I said it's Sundays literally your one day a week. Su- Sundays yeah. are that is not a volunteer day for me. I have to be here. <laughs> yeah. If people who are volunteers <laughs> want to screw off and go watch the Colts game. Hey, they can do that. I it was a great game. Too. I have to be here. I say not that anybody wants <laughs> not to do that now. Well, this was during the Peyton Manning era, <laughs> right. so we were fine. Right when we actually had yeah. a team. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so thank you, Jesus. That, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing. Like it's just you need to put in all the office time plus do all the other stuff. It's like, well, I can't do that. I have a family. Like, right. My son didn't even know me practically because I was gone three or four nights a week doing Bible studies or doing mm. sporting events or doing some other shit that are board meetings and elders meetings and all that crap too. Yeah. yeah. That's the great thing about this podcast too, is that we, if we want to check out from this podcast, we just don't get on social media. We we have the ability not to check our phone. We have the ability to step outside and nobody's going to fire us for that. We're not going to have to have a board meeting about it. Well, our board meetings include beer. So I'm not going to have a podcast listener knocking on my door randomly at 10 o'clock at night. Whereas kids sometimes, if they were struggling with something, I mean, I had one time a kid showed up at 10 o'clock knocking on my door. Yeah. Because his girlfriend broke up with him. I have to deal with that. I yeah. can't just be like, go away. I'm tired. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. brutal. I mean, it's just a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. And that, that was awesome. First of all. And second of all, 
in a weird way, it sounded like the same person talking with himself. <laughs> <laughs> the brother, the brother's Polly. I think though, I think I'm dialing in on Matt versus Brad. <laughs> For some I'm reason, you'll lose, you'll lose the ability at some point. I'm slightly more hillbilly than Brad is by just a little bit, I think. I have a little bit more Southern Indiana yeah. in me than you do for some reason. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> Mom can't tell us apart either when we talk on the phone. Yeah. And we use that to our advantage. She's been with us for, you know, yeah. 40 and 37 years. She'll call Brad's phone and I'll pick it up and answer it and talk to her for a good two minutes before she realizes it's not me. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff, Jeff left briefly to take a piss because he's, he's the oldest guy and he's got prostate <laughs> issues, I think. <laughs> but I think we're it's trying to land this. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, are you still there? Scott texted me saying his battery was going to die. Scott, do you want to sign off? Hey, I want to get back to this Matthew 25 thing, all right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Good to have you guys on. No, seriously, like seriously, man, no hard no hard feelings at all with you. Like we know we're in different places and that's yeah. fine. We're all just trying to help people in our own way, and that's we're down with that. So, yep. Scott's dead to me, <laughs> except for Michael. Michael hates you. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Surprised only one of you hates me. <laughs> I'm on the you. fence. I'm on the fence, but I, I'm I'm leaning more towards liking you. So you're well, fine yeah, so give far. Me some, give me some time, and I'll. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. Um. You guys, I ha- I do have a quick question, though. I know it's late over there. I really appreciate this. You guys are going above and beyond. But uh, so we're, we're men of the we're men of the people. Yeah. <laughs> There's a question we, about the multiverse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's um actually it's when you go to heaven, assuming you get there. <laughs> Or hell. What, what a, if we just say that's hell? A, that's a long... You, you might ask Scott. That's a, probably a pretty big assumption. <laughs> well, this is a total hypothetical. Yeah, why would you... Why would you even... Yeah. It's hypothetical, if Scott. Scott's hell, we're there. Yeah. In our heaven, Scott's with us. Actually, that's, that's a fun mind experiment to think about it being the same place. Just depends on your perspective. Uh-huh. Yep. Anywho, oh. so you're in the heaven slash hell, and... St. Peter slash Beelzebub is announcing your entrance. Uh, what is your walk in music? Uh, oh. a song called Festival by Sigur Rose. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. It's a, yeah. If you don't know Sigur, well, you probably know Sigur Rose. Yeah. Anybody know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. That's, uh, that's all WWE and everything. I'd have to think about that. Yeah. My initial in- instinct is uh, Taylor Swift, shake it off. <laughs> That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not... Nothing uh, from 90s Christian music, bro? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm <laughs> surprised <laughs> it's not something from DC Talk. Something from the W's, maybe? It's, it's a very uh, very small song, uh, very not very well-known song called uh, The Lumber Song by Eli. Check it out. Wow. That's mm. a deep it, It's a guy named Eli. It's, it's mm. called The Lumber Song. It's about how... Um, this guy gets to heaven and he basically has a shack and then St. Peter says, well, that's all the lumber you sent because all those good deeds equaled pieces of wood Yikes. to build his mansion. Well, in that case, I'm in a straw hut. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty theologically inaccurate. <laughs> some, that is some theologically sound. I heard, uh, I hate everything about you by ugly kid Joe today. I could probably go with that one. I guess that seems pretty <laughs> apt for, uh, that seems pretty apt for me. I think Except yeah. it's going to be Jesus singing it to you. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. uh, <laughs> alternate answer. Uh, uh, I don't know who wrote the song, but it's the one that goes, uh, when I think about you, I touch myself. 
<laughs> and we can shut this down. Well, my God. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, yeah, after that. You, you brought this upon yourself. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Scott, what really, was that? Scott, edit, what did you say? You could probably edit Michael out of this whole podcast and be, it'd be all right. <laughs> probably be better. That's <laughs> oh, so good. How can people find you guys? Um, Ingloriouspastards.com for sure. So uh, we are on Twitter at Pastards Podcast. Um, uh, um, we have an Instagram. Instagram. Inglorious just Inglorious Pastards. We should probably just make them all the same. I don't know why I didn't do that. Um, yeah, why didn't you do that? I don't know. That's the only one that's different. Somebody said specifically we should make it at Inglorious Pastards, so I went with that. Okay. Um, we're also on iTunes, our Apple podcast now. So check us out. Mm. Um, and I'm at Polly Named Matt on Twitter. And I am in nowhere. Go ahead and yeah. at me, Polly named Rad, but uh, and I Bo- am at, probably not get, I'm not getting back on Twitter until Trump is out of office in eight years or whenever. So oh, he's I'm so at MJ good. He's so good. <laughs> right. Hey, what was the lumber song? Was that who was that by? Eli. Just E-L-I. spoiler alert: it's going to be shit. It's, it's a, if it's a Michael recommendation, just go ahead and don't waste four minutes. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it's shit. That's exactly yep. what I thought it would be. It's terrible. <laughs> I felt yeah. like I was in hell right there for a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, for real. How yeah. in hell is that song on an endless loop for a million years? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're a temper, temporary punishment then? Just a million? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it. Yep. <laughs> After that, it's just annihilationism. We're just annihilationists at that point. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks guys. This is this was awesome. It was a blast. Thank, Thank you. I so love much you guys. guys. Oh, the you Pastors too. Pub. You didn't m- mention the Patreon. Uh patreon.com slash pastors podcast. Let's get you into the the small group of people we've got. Uh Zach Crater's in there. He's a really cool dude. Yeah, if you've been called, um, if you've been called to uh, the Pastors <laughs> Pub. Um, yeah, so it'll be a blessing. Hashtag blessing. By the way, I told Indeed. my sixth graders, I was like, you know, hashtag this, and they're like, hashtag, oh my god, that's so old. I'm like, oh gosh, darn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, we're in Indiana, so we're like 10 years behind anything say, in California. We're way behind yeah. you guys. We're, we're jumping the shark. <laughs> they still haven't found about Kurt Cobain yet here in Indiana. We just so. got mash. <laughs> you guys are Indiana hip for sure. Indeed. Yeah. That's a pretty low bar, though. <laughs> You're right, guys. Awesome. awesome. Well, be well. Look All forward right, to talking to you guys, guys soon. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah. hey, Scott. <laughs> Did you guys hear that Jimi Hendrix died? <laughs> Wait, holy crap Wait, what <laughs> i wonder why you didn't put anything out i know it's been a while do you find it in deuteronomy all right yeah. let's get out of here <laughs> uh, see you guys, see you guys. thanks <laughs> bye bye everybody goodbye <laughs> <laughs>Yeah, but that's yeah. So I was kind of thrown off by that. Uh, so 
Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what the difference is between for or because. Um, so I want, I would like to have spent more time with that. Maybe you can always send them a message. You could join the pub. Throw them a buck. That'd be an interesting conversation. Be, that would be very interesting, Scott, in the pub. You know, the pub actually can be tough. It's very accepting, but it's a lot of people that were broken and burnt by kind of like the boys and the pastors were uh, by church or family or p- people that come from kind of a strict, more strict conservative Yeah, I don't even angle. know about it, but I'm guessing they're only accepting if you don't push back. It wait, sounds wait. like it. Well, I was trying to, comp- I was trying <laughs> to figure out what you said. Me. No, but it's, it's like, so there's still a lot of wounding, which makes it difficult for some yeah, of those so, conversations. You know what I mean? So that's interesting that, yeah, if, if people equate the, the, um, so, some theology with, with, uh, people and their, and their flawed personalities. Um, so, so that, that's an issue that I, that I think people need to deal with their, their personal issue that they need to deal with. And they need to be able to separate the theology from people's flaws. That's certainly, I I think you're right. And I think that's, I think that's mm, intellectually correct. But when you, it's like, say you come up and you, what you know is somebody else's theology and that's how God intends it. Um, when you strip that away, that's a pretty tough band-aid to take off that can leave wounds that are tough to deal right. with. So it's, it's, it's complicated for sure, at least from my perspective. Well, right, right. But, but, but then, but then what, what does that say about the theology itself? So how, how do you, how, how do you, uh, how, how do those things correlate? They are correlating, but why do they, why are they being, why are they correlating so I, I think that's a that's a problem that right. that that people are um, they, they they need to seriously consider that they they can't throw out the theology because they were burned by people who hold that theology when that theology is not necessarily tied to the action that they were burned by unless the theology in itself is false and needs to go well well correct but I'm saying that. The, 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 the it's separate it's separate right yes just like yeah just like many things yeah and i think i mentioned it that it was matt's idea of god versus uh maybe it was brad but oh, i think we just lost scott yeah oh, yeah you did you so you did he, you did mention that and, and that, think, and that was a good question and i think that's most i think that's Every actually, when you boil it down, that's what all of us are dealing with is an idea of God. That when you so, if you take the ground of existence that is God, and you compare it to our knowledge of said entity, yeah, I mean it's all just clawing and and just clouded lenses and. Well, yes, yes, but I'm not, the that, reason. But that's not to say that it, you know, there isn't in more probably accurate visions of God and and less accurate. It doesn't mean everything's the same and that it's all okay. Right, right, right. And and, and that that what we can only know about God from what has been revealed to us. So, but but that is separate from. Would you sign out, rege- Jeff? 
rejecting rejecting an idea about God, rejecting an idea of God based upon someone's flawed personality. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Well, hey, Scott, I gotta, I gotta take off because can you sign us off, Scott? Hey, take everything with a grain of salt. And you know what? God loves you, and He died for you, and because of you, and despite you, <laughs> and whichever way, whichever way you want to slice it, He He died, and that is why and you are your e- sins are forgiven. You are evil. He could barely look at you unless, unless you turn unless the cross. He looks- Unless he, unless he looks at you through the blood of his son, Jesus. Yes. Right. Well, that's creepy. And thank you. Sweet dreams, America. Thanks. God. Yeah. America needs to repent. With a full mouthful of full I need to repent. I need to repent. Yes.